Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through Hello folks and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk Part of the growing conservative conversation And part of the Patriot Journalist Network And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network By going to www.patriotjournalist.com Again, another very uh, busy week in the news of politics lately. Of course, we've got uh, more, of course, investigations. We have, uh, you know, special investigators, you know, appointed. Of course, we have Trump's uh, trip uh, to the Middle East, to Saudi Arabia. We, we won't talk a lot about that tonight, maybe some. It'll probably sneak its way into our conversation tonight. But, of course, we also are going to talk about the attack uh, in England and we're going to speak of that as well, as well as a, an article I was sent that, if, uh, if true, uh, was actually more of a note uh, that's got some information uh, perhaps on Comey. Uh, we'll discuss in our second segment uh, tonight. It may leak into uh, other segments as well. And so we'll uh, discuss that tonight. We do have uh, our folks in alignment. Tonight we're going to have a special guest uh, who publishes an edit at Gulag, gulagbound.com. And Arnold Williams can tell us a little bit uh, more about that. And we're going to get him on the line about uh, his uh, recent article, and he'll tell you uh, more about that, about, you know, what's been uh, going on with these investigations and, and who Robert Mueller is, and perhaps uh, some ties there to the New World Order, as uh, well as uh, some other links uh, that we'll hear. But let's go ahead and get our guest on. Uh, thank you very much, Arlen, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm just doing swimmingly right now. How are you? Oh, good. I tell you what, it's been so busy in the uh, uh, the world of, of politics, and I'd say even now the intrigue uh, the past, oh, it's been months. Yeah, how about it? Uh, I'm glad we uh, have everything settled under uh, President, you know, Bush. And... Uh, Things are things are going smooth in the new world order. Oh no, something else happened. What was that? I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, where, 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 what year are we in, Arlen? <laughs> <laughs> something happened in the plan, and we don't have. Uh, I guess maybe Jeb was supposed to lose to Hillary. I guess that's the way it was supposed to be. But that's but that's, what I, that, that's what I think. Yeah. Don't know how how Donald could have uh, made it, but he did. It was an act of God or something. Yeah, you. Uh, to my uh, recall, you weren't you weren't the biggest fan of, of Trump running. No, I, he kind of scared me. But uh, you know, I did I did a series of interviews with an expert in uh, narcissism, frankly, about, about Donald and tried to figure him out, and it turned out. That I think he was right. He settled down, you know, and figured out that Mr. Trump, President Trump, is not 
you know, he's not like the Hitler type. You know, got to get mention that name and and uh, you know get it done at the beginning of the show, or or some of the other dangerous people. But he's more like a celebrity narcissist, like uh, you know Paris Hilton or the Kardashians, and and uh, it turns out that's that tends to be true. He's not doing anything harmful. He's doing wonderful things. He's trying to do very good things for America. And on the side, he, you know, has his little Twitter flame wars with Arnold Schwarzenegger about, you know, who, who can do uh, the reality show uh, and, and who's failing. So it's, it's kind of okay. It's kind of okay. But yeah, he's been, he's been wonderful by uh, comparison to what some of the fears were. I have to admit that happily. We'll see what happens. Good. Do you think he's going to survive? Well, I tell you what, I certainly hope so. I was talking to someone who's, uh, I went to uh, the Lincoln Republican, Lincoln Republican, Lincoln Reagan dinner uh, for the Republican Party some, some weeks ago, and uh, I met a young Republican there. He's just fresh getting into, into politics, and, uh, and he already, uh, you know, corresponded, and I, I need to get back with him, but you know, about how he's actually, it sounds like he actually wants uh, Trump to get uh, impeached. It sounds like he won, He says, I want a Pence, uh, a Pence uh, presidency. And, and, and here's my theory on that. You tell me what, what, what you think. You think if there's any accuracy there, and, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to what, you know, the article you read that I want to, one of the things I want to come on for is I don't want a Pence presidency. And this is why I think that Pence is a pushover. I think that if he became president, he would be a pushover. I think the, you know, the powers that be, New World Order types, whatever you want to label them, I think they would easily be able to control Pence. I think that's one of the reasons why Pence, instead of Newt Gingrich, was uh, picked by Paul Ryan uh, to be the vice president. You know, I mean, actually, if you, if you looked at polls and things of that nature, now we can believe a lot of polls, but uh, through my understanding, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more support for Newt Gingrich to be the vice president than than Pence when they were talking about those two. Uh, but if you remember, there was the inside uh, the Republican Party, there was a Never Trumper movement, Never Trump movement. That was getting close, if not in the convention. And you know, we're talking about you know in, here in July. And so you know, you had Paul Ryan wanting uh, wanting Pence, and as soon as Trump picked Pence, well. What happened to the Never Trump movement within the Republican Party for the most part? It, it just it died. It left because I think that they got marching orders from uh, uh, Paul Ryan saying, "Hey, look, he picked the guy I wanted. Leave him alone. Let's get him to be president." And I would not be surprised if back in his mind he's, you know, with these other establishment types, say, "Well, you know what? We'll go ahead and get uh, all this you know controversy, even though supposedly still supporting Trump. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that perhaps that's genuine." And then actually wants to get – because think about it. If, if Trump gets uh, impeached, that leaves him one step closer to the presidency. Not that I think – you know, and then what happens if there's any kind of scandal uh, you know, around Pence? Not that I really think anything like that would happen. But if it was, well, you know, who's next in line? So now whether – to answer your question more succinctly on whether I think Trump's going to make it, I think that depends on the American people. And what I mean by that is those who supported Trump – uh, during his election, and perhaps those who support Trump now who didn't support uh, Trump during the election, they really need to stand up because if you know they stay quiet, 
So they're going to think, hey, you know, the people are just going to go ahead and, and tolerate us doing that. And I said this from the beginning with these investigations, and that this will be my last word on this, uh, and then I'll bring it back in, Arlen, is I've, I, my concern is, is are they going to, especially with these quote-unquote memos by Comey, but now I, I thought I heard somewhere that Comey's actually not going to testify now. But anyway, that my concern is are they going to have been doing these investigations with these collusion with Russia that eventually – you know, someone's going to fabricate something and, and show "quote unquote" proof you know, that there's proof, and then go through the uh, try to get him impeached. I mean, that's my concern. I, mean, I, I would not doubt to see that happen. But what are your thoughts on all that, Arlen? Well, I think there's that that uh, there's certainly a faction out there that wants that to happen. Um, I just ran into one in Twitter that uh, uh, because I tweeted out something about uh, how things are shaping up in the conspiracy, if you will, against uh, Trump right now, that uh, she called me out for being a tool of the Kremlin. And I tweeted back, I'd like to be a monkey wrench if she could let me. <laughs> and, uh, and I think there's, you know, there's that sentiment out there uh, in the high, in the high ranks, though, in the, in the powers that be, I think that the, I, I suspect that they consider that a contingency. Um, and uh, what concerns me also is uh, some of the stuff that people like uh, Mike Chernovich and uh, Dick Morris have been finding out about the White House staff, about how it's been so stocked with Communists from the Obama administration plus um, skewed by the uh, some of the people hired toward uh, toward the Rhino faction. You know, we, we there's this uh, fellow that we wrote about in Gulag Bound from uh, Cernovich's article on the subject, uh, Johnny DiStefano, who Rince Priebus, Rince Priebus selected to be the uh, personnel manager, if you will, of the White House. And uh, what he did, and there's a kind of a, uh, a cliffhanger on this until Donald Trump gets back from uh, from his trip, is what DiStefano did, apparently, is uh, the, uh, the, the true blue Trump fans, the economic nationalists and sovereignists, uh, he tended to put them into a uh, an employee, employee faction that, uh, if you will, that's uh, due to be uh, eliminated, you know, as, as if they were temporary help during the transition. And uh, kind of on a cliffhanger, I wish I had more news about that, but uh, at least by the time uh, Trump returns from his uh, his trip. We should find out if those guys are gone, or if that was a clerical error, or what was going on there. Uh, Di Stefano was a is former right hand man, kind of a, a chief of staff type of person for uh, John Boehner of all people. And what apparently Trump did was just leave it up to Priebus in the Rhino ranks and the Republican ranks to say, yeah. okay, go ahead mm-hmm. and staff positions. And that's unfortunate, you know, he, he, instead of being a Republican politician that forms his own coalition and 
gets used to who's doing what in it and at least takes a cross-section of those people to get familiar with and uh, and be supportive of. I guess Trump just uh, left that up to the Republican Party, and uh, that's a big problem. And then we've had news in, by the very same token from uh, OAN, the OAN uh, fledgling TV, internet TV net, news network, that uh, they've talked to sources that indicate there's a, a number of people, at least three, they think, that are about to be fired as soon as Trump gets back within the inner circle or close to it that have uh, been uh, pegged as leakers. So I see I, what shoe falls during that time. You know, Trump's finished talking to the European Union people, and now he's talking to the NATO people. He gets back. We'll have to see what happens. So, so, so I'll be tuned in. I'll try to follow that up for you in Gulag Bound and point to whoever I can uh, on Twitter as well. Just and, uh, and you're just kind of waiting with bated breath to see what happens there. It would be nice for him yeah, to uh, start cooking. It gets on the running really drain the swamp, and I, I think that started with uh, Comey. But first, you know, I want to talk about Robert Mueller. And, you know, you, you say, you know, he's kind of, uh, you don't say it in the article, but, you know, it kind of alludes that he's a, a New World Order darling. Uh, and, you know, tell us more about that and, and how they're sticking him against Trump. And then where was he? You know, you, you point out in the article, uh, where was he about, you know, Hillary Clinton? Uh, and, and through the article, I made this this long letter I posted on the the Bard's Logic uh, Facebook page, uh, where trying to show a, kind of a timeline uh, with Comey's uh, relationship, I guess uh, you could call it that, or at least ties with uh, the Clintons. So we'll be talking about that in the second segment. But uh, tell us more about uh, this Robert Mueller guy, who's uh, I guess the special investigator now to the so-called collusion with Russia. Yeah, and apparently he's. He's got uh, a whale of a lot of power there, and uh, he is the main man that that uh, will be taking this up and uh, taking the taking the power away from the FBI even to investigate the Trump Russia conspiracy theory. We heard you know John Brennan yesterday prove that he was basically the upshot from him, the former CIA director under Obama, is that he's a kind of like the uh, conspiracy theorist in chief on Trump Russia and he that's just the way he acted when he was in the CIA so Mueller meantime during the time that he was the FBI director was a big buddy of uh, James Comey they worked together under under yeah. Bush and, and how that's uh, been partial <laughs> I was saying that myself yeah yeah and you know Greg Jarrett, who you haven't we haven't seen a whole lot on Fox News lately, but he is a legal expert in Fox News, and he wrote a, a searing commentary uh, calling for Mueller to resign. And uh, people like the that have been familiar with that whole era and the mm-hmm. battles of trying to get Islamism to uh, be shown up for what it was against the trend under Bush and under Obama uh, are, are complaining about it. Uh, 
including Diana West and uh, our, our frequent contributor at Gulag, uh, Cliff Kincaid. And the yeah, the video. Is that, uh, yeah, Mueller was basically the one, the eyes director, that uh, took the lead in the whole Islam is peace movement to incorporate uh, and try to win over uh, the Muslim networks instead of calling them out for what they are. And I'm talking about, for example, CARE and uh, Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, it led to Barack Obama just brazenly bringing Muslim Brotherhood people right into the White House. You know, we remember that uh, Canadian commentator uh, that revealed the about a half dozen of them that were in the, in the Obama administration, but that started during the Mueller days. And Mueller even brought in one fellow that turned out to be a terrorist and caught in terrorist acts. And he brought him into a program where uh, he basically uh, were recruiting people to learn more about the FBI and FBI techniques and get more familiar with how they do things. And uh, that's that's the name of uh, of the tune that the that they play. That they tr- basically they they treated Muslim Brotherhood, this terrorist front, effectively for uh, Islamism and Sharia law, treated it as uh, basically too big to fail, if you will. So they're they're afraid that they offended uh, Muslim Brotherhood, that they would offend American Muslims across the board, and uh, played that game and. Uh, that game that Donald Trump, despite his bizarre national security advisor pick, is uh, trying to unravel uh, vis-a-vis, you know, the trip that he's just made and the speech that he gave in uh, Saudi Arabia. He has a good speech. I, well, I wish I would have had it to play it tonight, but but I, I, I haven't was anybody get that uh, put together. Yeah, well, I've, I've heard parts of the speech, and I thought it was a, a really good speech, and I'm sure a lot of people who even listen to the show – uh, you, you know, I've heard it, uh, but yeah, I mean, but it has the Trump's picks. I mean, a, a lot of his picks really uh, baffled me. For, you know, uh, especially put. I mean, you mentioned Priebus earlier. I mean, if you're going to drain the swamp, Priebus would be one of the last people I would think that you'd want to have be uh, your chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just so full of 21st century rhinoism that I'm not sure he even knows what. A Republican was, you know, in principle at the beginning and what America is all about. He's just a machine operator and uh, go, Mr. Go along to get along. So I, I don't think that he's a nasty yeah, guy so I myself, that, yeah. the way he behaves. I, I just think he's kind of an open book and a blank slate in terms of actual fundamental ideology for what America is supposed to be. I think it, the guys that worry me are, are you know, his his buddy in Wisconsin here, uh, Paul Ryan, and and the crew in place now. I think Ryan was a handpicked successor to Boehner among the globalist ranks that are just chomping at the bit, as you said a few minutes ago, to either conquer the uh, Trump administration within its so his own administration. Or, or eventually get rid of them. Uh, one big evidence is you have fellows like uh, Paul Ryan and even Trey Gowdy that have graduated from the Aspen Institute 
indoctrination mm-hmm. program and into, you know, being tools for the sake of uh, incremental progress toward global governance, which is what basically Aspen Institute was and is. And uh, so many of these tanks that have uh, popped up since World War II. So it's, uh, it's you quite a struggle, and you you wonder you wonder how much of this Trump understands, don't you? It's it's. I'm it's sorry. Are, are, what was, are you, did you? Go ahead. I, I just wonder how much Donald Trump understands of the machinations of how this, all of this is occurring. He's got to know a lot, you know. As he says, he took part of the system himself of uh, trying to manipulate politicians based on his own business interests and needs. Well, I remember that was his campaigning. Yeah, and his dad, uh, I think, was his original mentor in politics. And his dad had a a strong nationalist uh, interest. And uh, I think Trump took a lot... I Trump, when he was trying to see if he could become a rival for Pat Buchanan with the uh, party that uh, Perot started, the Reform Party, I think mm-hmm. it, he learned from Buchanan about about uh, nationalism and about sovereign standing up for United States sovereignty in the world uh, against uh, quote unquote the New World Order. But I just don't. We don't know yet. Uh, whether he's sort of naive about it, I, I know that that um, Stephen Bannon's not naive about it. I mean, he's he's as up on the whole scenario, I think, as you and I are. Uh, but I think Donald Trump has a kind of a mentality where. Ideology, you know, he told Martha McCallum on Fox on day 99 that he's not an ideologue. You know, idea, no, ideology we knew that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think he likes the idea of having the wheelers and dealers of the new world order within his administration and having his ideological people like the Bannons and the Stephen Millers and uh, Jeff Sessions in his administration too. And I think he kind of treats it like a, remember the, remember the gauchos uh, reading about the gauchos from South America, the cowboys that would have the boladeros with the two balls at the end, you throw them and uh, they could whip around the ankles of the cattle. I think right. he's like, he, he end of the string and one ball at the other and he likes to try to be the power player to uh to make him work for him and i i just don't think that's going to work i think what's going to have to work for donald is uh you know he's never going to be able to get uh anything decent done with compromising with democrats i mean they're they're the party of uh, vladimir lenin and barack obama uh he's just going to have to build that coalition that he fell into in uh, in uh, all of this negotiation for what's going to replace Obamacare, um, so the, I think the handwriting is on the wall. I think Steve Bannon has kind of been as obnoxious, so obnoxious in personality, trying to get used to his position there that he he would have been out by now. 
if Trump didn't realize no, that he yeah, needed I, it. I never, I never understood that. <laughs> There's so many people around Trump that I, I just do not understand why he has he has him in his administration. I mean, I, I, I really don't. I mean, from his education secretary all the way up to it, it says, his, his chief of staff, I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, do you think that by having the – I guess some people from the, you know, New World Order folks uh, in his administration, he's somehow going to be able to uh, keep them at bay or control them or something like that? Or, yeah, mean, I what, think what he make that, think that they can I, I Also, I think, frankly, that he's insecure, as anybody would be that hasn't been in the inner circles and getting a lot of experience oh, yeah. himself. And and he's that's why he's given some of these uh, people so much power. I think that he l- looks at his daughter and brother-in-law as a kind of buffer there of people in mm-hmm. that camp of the globalists and rhinos and Democrats. And uh, I think he my my silver lining here, my my rosy scenario is that as as Donald gets more in control of exactly what happens in the executive branch of the federal mm-hmm. government that he's going to get rein in more and more power, get rid of the people that he doesn't like that are in the way and, uh, and side with the wonderful coalition that he's uh, created of, uh, of hardcore paleo conservatives and the alt-right nationalists and, uh, and the blue collar conservative leaning people that have uh, typically voted union Democrat. And, uh, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. golden. That's exactly what he needs to do. And I think he's just by default going to have to continue to, uh, to build his own power base. Uh, I think he's, it's just a whole lot of on the job, on the job training for him. We'll see if, if, if what I'm saying, the, the rosy scenario is true. He'll come back from this trip, and just like uh, ONN reporters have said, he'll fire the leakers. He'll, and some of these guys, um, Barack Obama, uh, there, there were his people, and he was able before he left between the time of uh, of Trump's uh, uh, election and the inauguration. Mm-hmm. He was able to transfer them over from political appointees to uh, uh, professional permanent status uh, federal employees. And that's the problem, too, that uh, uh, Dick Morris is bringing out. These people are just entrenched from anywhere mm-hmm. from the kitchen in the, in the White House to uh, the State Department and the, you know, and the Attorney General's Department. And uh, that's going to be a problem, an ongoing problem. So he has to, that's a part of why he needs to find evidence on the leakers and get rid of them and make an example of them because there's no way, right. other way in some way. Prosecute him if he can, can, if he can get him prosecuted. Right, right. And uh, interestingly enough, he's hired a very, very tough, I didn't catch his name, but he's had a, a very tough uh, personal attorney to handle the, Robert Mueller investigation. And I think that as time goes on, he'll just use guys like that and guys like that he can trust uh, as he goes 
to build his ranks, and uh, it's just going to be a winnowing process. I desperately need an eight-year Donald Trump presidency uh, in order to for him to really be able to get things done that he really wants to do. And it, all the indications are great. And look at this budget that has come out. It's an actual budget. It's like that three point something budget that he wants to do cut. Yeah, can he? Three point eight trillion dollar cut or something like that, or. And, uh, you know, he's made these promises for things like Medicare and uh, Social Security to preserve them intact. But uh, Mm -hmm. that remains to be seen. Uh, You know, people from our from my age to your age and younger, we all understand that that uh, things can change. And, you know, things didn't don't have to change for the people that are just about to retire. I guess I'm getting closer to that age myself. But. But things are going to need to change eventually because Social Security is a kind of a half-baked Ponzi system, and uh, you know, and as we know, the socialist state just doesn't work. It just it just feeds too much energy out of the people, and uh, in terms of financial capability, and uh, transfers that over to the wasteful government. So, I think we just desperately need eight years of Donald Trump and. And then find out who comes up into the ranks, see if Ted Cruz is the guy after that or somebody else that has learning you, on you, the job in the administration. With, 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 yeah, two, well, two things on that. One is, you know, I know that I got a lot of heat, you know, from, from, from folks who, uh, who were like, oh, you're all about Trump. And then they were real. I mean, I even lost – now, th- these are the, the left-wing people. I've actually lost friends – uh, because I was uh, I was supporting you know Trump and said you know I was, you know cut, you know doing it that way and they're like yeah, I mean I liked Ted Cruz I liked Ted Cruz as a senator not so much as a as a presidential candidate but the, well I mean one of the reasons why I supported Trump is I I mean I I couldn't stand Hillary Clinton and I I thought of any everyone on that uh, you know up there on the Republican side. I believed, and I said this you know, many times, that Trump was the only person that could beat Hillary Clinton. For one, because I think Trump was the only candidate on the, uh, you know, on the Republican side that could do what he did, and that was take Pennsylvania and Michigan. I don't see any yeah. of those other candidates who would have been able to do that. That turned out to be golden. Uh, it's you can't argue with success. Can't argue with what actually happened. Uh, maybe it took Donald Trump, despite, you know the Hollywood whatever reporter uh, revelation and all that nonsense that we had to go through. Maybe it still took his appeal. Well, you know, when Trump, it was October 13th, I think in, in um, West Palm beach where Donald Trump issued his first rip roaring Steve Miller, Steve Bannon speech, laying it out that, the nation is being controlled too much by international banking and uh, the new world order. They did, he just laid it out. I was, I could hardly believe my ears hearing that speech. <laughs> and, uh, and then I realized, Hey, I can vote for this guy happily if uh, he continues to hold the line there. And, you know, if he gets his personal mm-hmm. life together, um, 
And uh, I think a lot of people heard that speech and started to hear that message, and the word got around. He also uh, delivered a wonderful economic nationalist uh, message in uh, in Pennsylvania. He he issued speeches there that people listened to, and uh, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I'm saying, I think it's going to take a lot of winnowing and a lot of changes. I think it's just it's kind of like the the first 200 days forget 100 first like 200 for the first year is a whirlwind and i think he's just actually doing a marvelous job but then it it's a matter of dragging the concrete block uh and trying to get it into the notch uh to get anything done after that and uh it's just going to be battle after battle with oh yeah proposals and uh, bills and uh, elections. Uh, I think that I think there's a solid chance that the Republicans could keep the majority in both parties if things continue to pan out. I mean, economically, the country's growing better now. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be more deals with China in the works. And, uh, and better deals with other nations, you know, the it's a, it's just a dream world to be, to find a guy that's president that says something along the lines of the only other person I've ever heard come up with this other than myself, not to toot my own horn, but I guess in the trumpet in Trump world that you're supposed to toot your, toot your own horn. (laughs) Trump's policy of, uh, of all trade negotiations need to be bilateral only one-to-one. You don't, you don't come under the, knuckle under policy of going putting your nation under the sovereignty of trade tribunals if you will that regulate Mm -hmm. trade policy multinationally you do it america first with every other nation on a one-on-one basis that creates a lot of policies but that's what computers are for and personnel are for to keep track of all that you know, that right. kind of readjustment of America is just a godsend. It's exactly what we needed to keep ourselves out of further entrenchment in in that ever burgeoning, uh, otherwise burgeoning um, global imperialism that's uh, that's been built up. There's no other better word for it. It's it's financial and uh, it truly is Illuminati style. If you if you look at the actual history of of the development of the Illuminati, it's it's truly is that kind of financial plus political plus mm-hmm. um, manipulation of the people through dependence on government and control of the venues of of the media. That kind of uh, of control that the global governance is. Uh, is uh, putting over on us. We have to have a nation of sovereign people with state and national sovereignty to guard it. That was the original American plan. That's what basically it says without using the S word in the Declaration of Independence and uh, and in the document spelled out beforehand. And uh, I think that uh, it all goes back to this funky guy, Donald Trump, with his weird personality, being the guy that has the chutzpah, uh, uh, blown a china shop with the right horns that uh, is actually uh, moving 
moving policy back in that direction. And I think you're right. I think Ted Cruz was, was going to pussyfoot around in, within a lot of that. I think he would have been doing some of the similar things. Actually, the guy that I wanted to be president, if his personality were capable of being president, was Jeff Sessions. And uh, I think the handwriting was on the wall when Sessions nominated, or excuse me, endorsed Trump right before that big uh, Southern mm-hmm. Super Tuesday. I think that 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 gave the nomination to Trump more than anything. And uh, oh yeah, behold, that, that, yeah, that definitely helped him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, otherwise, yeah. I was I was saying, well, Rand Paul, except I don't like his foreign policy. Ted Cruz, I certainly like his policies. I uh, I'm not sure how he'll uh, be able to manage the way he offends people. But then <laughs> what what got me is people in in the Trump camp that we're saying, oh, you know, we, we have to have somebody like Trump because Ted Cruz offends too many people. And then in this, on the same breath, in the next breath, they would say that, well, Ted Cruz is a part of the system. And I was like, you can't have it both ways. Either he offends the D.C. cartel that he complains about, or he's a part of the system. Which one is it? <laughs> and right. uh, I think it just took a lot of education for people to understand that, that a lot of people need to be brought along. And that's, I think, the good news, too. I think um, I even uh, who's just down there in Florida? Um, the Cuban name is escaping me. I have oh, Rubio. Sleep deprivation right now. I think even Rubio is redeemable. I think these guys just need to see the light and feel the heat. And I think a lot of them uh, will will come along. It's just going to be a, a dividing line that we're going to have to constantly draw with these politicians. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we need – I've got both uh, John and Susan on the line. We're going to get you guys in soon. Uh, is, uh, you know, I mean, drinks, Paul, I think there's a lot uh, – I think they need to do a lot. This coming up 2018 is primary, a lot of these these people. I know, as I said, I mean, I like Ted Cruz as a senator. I mean, I was kind of thought it'd be, you know, interesting to see him as the uh, the POTUS thing. I mean, not POTUS. Uh, the you know for the Supreme Court for Scott you know but uh, to take uh, Scalia's spot but you know he actually turned it down <laughs> so I don't know if that's because he wants to run for president again or he just you know oh, prefers his spot there sure in the Senate yeah he from from high school days on he's wanted to be president that's that's what's on his mind we'll see how that yeah, goes yeah but, he's been one to do. So that might, yeah, that may very well be. He might, he, and he's young enough to be able to run again. He was only like forty-five, forty-six, so he's definitely I young think the enough. One job but, I, mean, I think the, I think the one job he, attorney general, I think he would have grabbed that job. Yeah, yeah, but, I think uh, he, yeah, I think he may. Have. But 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 that's not a lifetime appointment. So you could be attorney general, you know, for four to eight years, and then you know run for president, you know, after having you know that on your resume. I mean, personally, I would, the person I would see would be maybe an, an up and coming. Uh, person. I don't think Rand Paul could have. I mean, after Trump, I think Rand Paul would have been uh, maybe the, the second person who might have been able to beat Hillary Clinton. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just don't know if he could have taken the you know some of the states that that uh, Trump does. And we are going to get you on the line, Susan. Then John, sure. I, I think an upcoming star in the Republican Party who <clears throat> maybe be ready to be. President, and I think maybe after four years, uh, when he when Trump runs again, I think he needs to, you know, I mean, Pence seems like a nice enough guy, but I think he needs to uh, dump Pence and get somebody on board to get them experience, someone like Matt Bevin. Now, I'm a little upset with Matt Bevin right now because 
you know, he came on the show about three times when he was running for office. And now that he's governor, I can't get, you know, I mean, I, I talk with his press secretary, but I can't seem to get anything scheduled with the guy. <laughs> so it's like, oh, come yeah. on, Matt. Yeah. You know, you, you come on when you're campaigning, but now that you're governor. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, but no, I mean, I think, you know, because he's got a, a business background, and he, he, had, he didn't have any political experience either before coming, uh, becoming governor of Kentucky. Right. Yeah, he's a good guy. The, uh, the other guy that uh, I think is just a huge rising star in the House right now is Dave Bratt in Virginia. Uh, he's just so glib and uh, communicative and no nonsense. The guy that took that beat Eric Cantor. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I, yeah, I think uh, he he's another guy to keep track of and keep a lookout for. As long as he does get corrupted. But, uh, we'll, let's go yeah, ahead and get this. We, we need Trump to survive in the meantime. Yeah, and let's go ahead and get Susan on the line, and then John will get you in as well. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, what? Oh. Hi, Susan. <laughs> Hi. Can you we hear got me? a little background going on. We got a little. Uh, yeah, do you have a a speaker sign on or something, or the speakers on your computer on? No. No, I don't. Uh, maybe it's just me. I tell you what, I I, I switched, uh, and I was having a kind of a hard time here in Arlen. I mean, I was, I was kind of hoping it was just me. Uh, and I got this new uh, this new device here, and I tell you what, I've been having. You know, I got a new carrier for my devices, and uh, I tell you what, they've been giving me some some trouble. I'm not I'm not I'm not real happy with their service right now. But anyway, that's uh, uh, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, but go ahead, Susan. Uh, what exactly are we all talking on here? Well, haven't you been on the uh, line I, for a while? <laughs> it's a little while. Well, I, you said something about the uh, attack, and then you were talking about rising stars, so I was a little confused. Sure, sure. Well, I guess the, first, the, press, the pressing issue is, uh, is, uh, is Donald Trump going to survive and, and uh, take the reins firmly in his hands and... Uh, and drain the rising level of the swamp in his own administration right now. That's my concern. Huh. Well, I I really don't know. It's not just him, you know. It's all the uh, they all need to know what they're doing, and that includes Congress. And he can do what he wants, but if Congress don't do, then it's a moot point. It has to be right. teamwork. So, and as for Rand Paul, I disagree with you. I love his foreign policies. And Ron, <laughs> we wouldn't be in the okay. trouble we were in if we went by them. And the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. And what George Washington oh. and Thomas Jefferson said, and the Monroe Doctrine, and what Eisenhower and uh, General uh, Scrively Butler warned us about the war complex. I think I've got enough backing on my side to prove my point on this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to like Keep there. our nose in our own business. Yeah, yeah, we, ha- we have to respect the sovereignty of other nations as we stand up for our own. What in the world? That's the thing that really bothered me about the Benghazi hearings is none of those Republican House members 
that were grilling Hillary Clinton and the, and the Obama gang ever really asked the question, what were we doing backing in the first place, backing the Arab Spring and the overthrows of the governments of Tunisia and Egypt and Libya? And look how that's turned out. What was that about? And Why was the United States behind it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Iran goes back to 1952 when we helped to uh, overthrow the, the leader there and install the Shah. And, and before then, we, we Great Britain offend that guy so much that he did what offended uh, Truman. He went to, went to Russia for more and more aid because I like the, the Shah. Mm-hmm. I like the Shah of Iran, and we turned on him. And I personally think Assad, you know, I've been criticized in my own group for this, but I'm standing with Assad. I'm sorry. It's the rebels that are causing the problems, and we need to quit meddling because every time we stick our nose in, we just get worse people and worse people and worse people and worse problems. I have to agree so, with you. I think you know Saddam Hussein was doing hor- hor- horrific things, but he was better than ISIS, and he let Christians survive in his nation. And under yeah. under Bush, they uh, they were routed and had to be uh, had to leave their homes in uh, a number of those cities in in Iraq. And I'm not sure I'm not sure that general freedom has ever recovered very well in Iraq. I agree with you on that. So I guess I, we can't go back in time and correct it. Really, seriously, it's it's a sad deal that we can't. But we, unfortunately, we can't time travel. <laughs> so um, you know, and we know who was to blame for like the Shah. It was uh, Kissinger and Carter, Republican and the Democrat. Right. Let's bring it up to date, though. What do you think of H.R. McMaster? What an oddball that guy is for Trump to have uh, brought into the national as national security director. I don't understand that. He's got some good ones. He's got some bad ones. So I don't. I like Ben Carson as one of his picks, but you know. And maybe maybe McMaster will be one one of the guys whose head will roll. We don't know. Maybe he's one of the leakers. I tell you, Could Trump be. doesn't fire people when he gets back. If that hasn't proceeded like that OAN report a couple nights ago said, uh, things are going to look bleaker and bleaker. Well, Well, he's either the strongest, smartest president or he's the stupidest, weakest. I haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) So it's one or the other, I I tell you. I think he's a 70-year-old that uh, needs to learn like a 23-year-old fresh out of college and take the bull by the horns and maybe unlearn what he's learned that isn't right and about how to get things done. I think he's got a lot of political principle. I think he, I think he's more ideological than he wants to give himself credit for. I think he just needs to trust his gut feelings a lot more, more too. You know, one thing I didn't like about, you know, one thing that Trump, 
one thing that bothered me about you know about Trump, then we're going to get Kelly uh, by Kelly. We're going to get uh, John on the line. I know you want to talk with Arlen, and, and Arlen only has uh, about 15 minutes or so. I mean, you're welcome to stay as long as you want, Arlen. But I know you said you had about an hour, uh, and I don't, I don't want to respect that. I mean, as I said, you're welcome to stay long, but we will get, get uh, John on before you have to go. Uh, but one of the things that kind of bothered me, and I even uh, remember when uh, Trump and Newt Gingrich came here to Ohio. Uh, and he was like, you know, saying that, you know, he was going to have a, a, a place in the administration. And first I thought that place was going to be the vice president, really. And then uh, and then after that, I thought maybe you know, he would end up being the chief, of, you know, Gingrich would be chief of staff or, or something of, you know, of that nature. But he hasn't played – I mean, Gingrich hasn't played – I don't know if it's by choice or, or oversight on Trump's part. I know there's also some type of uh, – like her overseer that that uh, Gingrich is going to be, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, corruption within the government. But I haven't seen any kind of at least overt, uh, overt part for for Gingrich to play in in the administration. And even, you know, he said, you know, Gingrich is going to be somewhere in because he was one of the the early and few, for that matter, uh, conservatives that actually supported Trump, you know, pretty much from the very beginning. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring in John, uh, so we'll be able to get John in here. Uh, John, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, one of the other aspects that I'm a bit concerned about after watching the last hundred and some odd days is the just like we spoke about, you know, last year during the campaign season, the people down ballot, the congressmen and stuff. They're continuing to just consolidate power through all these bills they're passing in the Congress, and I don't know, you know, which ones have reached President Trump's desk and he's, you know, approved or vetoed to know how it's going. But some of, and like you guys were saying other uh, um, earlier, you're concerned about some of the people that he's brought on as a part of his cabinet and his administration, and there are just so many of those people that are in bed with corporate America and these globalist corporations that it's going to be hard for Donald Trump to even try to do anything. And you know, from the get go, I'm, I was not a Trump fan, but now he's my president. And yeah, I did throw my vote towards him. Cause I, like you, Robert couldn't stand Hillary, the thought of Hillary Clinton. So now that he's my president, I hope he recognizes the whoops among the pack there and he starts reaching out to we the people. So, President Trump, if you get this show, somebody send it to him. If you know how to get in touch with Tr- President Trump, let him know. Please, Mr. Trump, keep in touch with the base, we the people, because we will stand behind you to help you get some of this stuff done. Don't try to use too much executive order and all these tricky deals because you're just going to ask for trouble and getting you don't need to borrow any more trouble they're already on a fictitious fishing expedition to use every little trick in the book to try to smear donald trump just think about it all the corporate globalists own the media and they're camp they're funding all the campaign dollars of most of all the people in congress on all sides of the uh spectrum whether you're independent or whatever and whether you're in the states, you know, a congressman or you're in the judiciary, a judge or whatnot, they help fund all them people. So Trump's got a big battle to fight. And with these people 
all in these positions being manipulated because of the almighty dollar or whatnot, or they fear losing their job or whatnot, they're going to, they're just embarrassed that Donald Trump used the system as he understood it, and he beat them at their own game, and they're embarrassed and they're humiliated. So now they're going to just pull every stop they can. And you know, as for at least the last hundred years, they have been running roughshod over the Constitution and undermining the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution every chance they can get. So Donald Trump needs to please, uh, well, unless he's got a better idea, reach out to we the people at the, you know, the forgotten man to help him get what he needs done in office and not borrow trouble because it looks like with all these executive orders and all the stuff I've been seeing on C-SPAN that continue to pass all these bills and whatnot, they're just continuing to consolidate power, use our tax dollars to create more technology for them to better police everything that goes on in all of our lives so they can better understand how to manipulate us. And then they use this classification of secrecy. You know, we got to keep this classified and top secret. Well, it's our country. We own it, and we should have the right to oversee it. Well, if they do everything in secret, Donald Trump's administration is just setting us up for more a higher level of dictatorship if Pence or somebody else ends up getting it later. So those are concerns exactly. I have, and I'm kind of curious if Arlen might have some feedback to help me see it in a different way or something. Well, I'm uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a hopeless situation, but uh, the, uh, maybe if uh, Donald Donald gets uh, continued to get attacked by deep state he'll fight back uh, but i certainly agree with you nothing is uh is more evident lately as a crying need than the need to get our deep state people especially in law enforcement in the fbi and intelligence accountable to the people again. I think we need examination of what goes on in U.S. intelligence at a level that would uh, surprise Frank Church from back in the day. Yeah. I think we need to get them accountable to the American people. Uh, and so what if secrets get revealed in the process? We can't have We can't have government by secrecy to the extent that every time we catch a hint of something that could go wrong, we're always left in the dark about it, whether it's, whether it's, Hey, the Democrats concern about what might be going on with Paul Manafort in Russia, or whether it's what went on with Barack Obama and, and scheming to bring Trump down, or whether it's Seth Rich, or whether it's, what in the world's going on with these emails that have been brought out surrounding the pizza shop in D.C. and John Podesta and all those alleged uh, code language uh, uh, emails that were sent to Podesta. If we if we can't see that the in terms of real investigative authority, do investigation, 
then we've got a problem. If government is not accountable to us and telling us what the process is and what's been done and proving that they're doing their jobs, then we just have to assume that, that something's wrong. And Arlen, and it's quite we, evident, isn't I it? Think, well, I don't know about most of us, but I should rethink that. Most of those of us that pay attention to politics, we realize now that over the last number of years, the federal, the people, our fellow Americans who have got into office that we relate to or label as the government, they have used our tax dollars to create the, what is it, Bluffdale, Utah, the Utah NSA Data Center, and they're accumulating mm-hmm. all this data and information. Well, Donald Trump, if if he's talking to, you know, try to say something about Comey, you better watch out about the tapes or whatnot. Why don't he use this whole situation to his advantage and say, look, I'm innocent. The data is probably recorded in Utah data center someplace. Pull it out. Because right now, as long as they're hiding behind this classification secrecy stuff, the left can make up all kinds of bogus allegations, and there's no way for anybody to prove it right or wrong. And that's the problem. As long as there's transparency and light to sanitize, you know, the situation, then we can get to the truth and make this thing work. But as long as there's this secrecy able for them to create these posts, you're thinking, hey, it's got to be a a fake deal made up. Because otherwise, how did these people that leaked the information get access to the information unless it was somebody from the NSA, the data center that got the information and gave it to the Washington Post? Or there was more people in that room with Donald Trump than what we understand, or there's other people that's getting access to data, you know, from a legal standpoint. That's just confusing. It just makes it even more confusing. And I'm like going, hey, why don't we, the rest of us Americans, get to use that same data center to go make sure that all the people that work for us in our government are being held accountable for what they're supposed to be held accountable for? That's unfair. We yeah, maybe the same thing. Your immunity. Yeah, maybe this uh, Trump Russia prosec- special prosecutor and that and that whole attack on Trump will have a backlash. You know, the the guy's name that would, that Trump just hired to be his lawyer to handle that investigation. Mm-hmm. His name is Mark Kazowitz. I looked it up, and uh, what he needs to do is get guys like that and Sessions, et cetera, et cetera, Bannon. Uh, to to be his core strategic group that fights the battle, and uh, and and I think Trump, I don't think Trump understands his powers uh, as well as he should, and I think that, that includes what you just talked about. He needs to do his own. He needs to create his own investigative body, and now he can actually uh, to a great extent as a defense. Uh, to, in order to do the defense that he needs to do against the special prosecutor, uh, so there, there's there's three there's three arms of investigation now. They're effectively, there's the FBI, there's the special prosecutor, and then there's Donald Trump and his defense. And and they, they it's kind of like a race to the data and, or the ability to skew the data. One of the right. reservations. One of the reservations that I had for him picking Jeff Sessions and Mr. Pompeo for the CIA is because they're big hawks on secrecy and data and having control in, in um, 
class, you know, being able to stand behind that mask. That was part of my reservation. Otherwise, I liked Jeff Sessions. He was one of my favorite senators, but he tended to want to stay on the secrecy side. And I'm like, wait up. If you're going to keep hiding, and that was a problem for me. And I'm like going, well, He's going to have a hard time getting we the people to get on board with it when he's got people like that in his office. And I don't want to, you know, like blanketly tar Sessions and Pompeo. I'm sure they're good people. I don't know them that well, but what little I do know about them, they're going to help provide um, a cloak for that type of secrecy, and I think it's a problem. Now, one other issue that I wanted to touch on, and when you guys were talking earlier, is you mentioned about this budget, and there was a $3.7 or $8 trillion of cuts or savings. Well, that's a projected cut in savings over what the normal CBO estimate would be for the normal raises that their country, our country normally provides every year when we do budgets. You can't overlook the fact, though, that $4.3 trillion budget is the highest budget we've ever had in the history of America, period. So I have a problem when it comes to physical responsibility as a conservative in that regard. Do you have any yeah, and, feedback uh, on that? Well, we're at the crisis point, the beginning point of the crisis, where it's really set in now. Uh, the costs of uh, maintaining the elderly. And, of course, they brought out in that whole Obamacare, Trump care scenario that the problem with Medicaid burgeoning expenses that's created uh, a crisis there is not even the medical expenses so much as, um, what would you say, uh, retirement homes, uh, convalescent homes. And the, and the expense of housing and uh, constant care for uh, elderly people. So that's something that's a commitment that uh, is just going to create a, a huge problem. And you're right, it's, it's not so much uh, when they talk about cuts, it's not so much uh, actual cut, it's more of cutting the increase. Yeah, they're, they're cutting the gains on how much. <laughs> I think we will have a big, uh, a potential big blessing on the Laffer curve, though, on the, on the supply side. I think there's going to be a lot of money flowing into D.C. Uh, people in McKen- in uh, is it McHenry County, whatever that huge county is in Maryland, that's the suburb of D.C. People are going to get keep on getting richer there, and <laughs> I think a lot of money will continue to go into the coffers from the. I think increase in trade that Trump will see that he needs to make. I mean, he, he, well, it's one of the things that I didn't like about him, all this nonsense that he raised about 35% tariffs on, on countries across the board and that kind of a stuff. But that's out of the way. And now, and now he's really doing uh, business there with a really strong commerce uh, secretary. Uh, to to figure out what what the international trade really needs to be, and I think there's a lot of good ground to be gained there. But yeah, it's going to take deep reform and uh, transformation of these uh, of programs. And we'll we'll see with Obamacare if if they can start getting it done. Obamacare is going to fail. I think that a lot of the left set it up to fail. 
so that it would fail in the direction of of uh, quote unquote single payer, which is basically communism. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and and I think a lot of the Republicans, I think, are split on this. A lot. I think uh, some of them will just want to figure out a way to sustain it instead. But I think that there's increasingly being shown that that's impossible. It's going to fail slowly or fast. Uh, you know, if it's Ryan Care, Ryan Care slash Trump Care, it's just going to fail more slowly. And it and I think a lot of the influence of the Freedom Caucus is to work out ways that are getting it to fail in the direction back in the direction of uh, of private uh, control of our health care and market forces. And if it fails back into a situation where we can recover it, then it can be a good, it can be a good thing. And I think uh, uh, if they can master a decomposition of central power in, in healthcare uh, and back in the direction of uh, subsidiarity and uh, individual empowerment with health savings plans and taking our insurance and owning it ourselves in groups, and taking it across state lines and taking it from one employer to another, then, then uh, that'll be a, a political miracle. And, uh, and uh, maybe it'll be possible in these other things, in these other realms with uh, hardcore Medicare and with social security and, uh, and all these quote unquote entitlements. There are possibilities if people have the gumption, but, but you're right. It takes a new kind of model for our for our whole government, it takes taking the information age into government as a tool to make the people um, aware of what's going on and to feed information to the people to really understand what's going on in our in our society. And it's going to take a heck of a lot more government accountability and government subordination to to the to the people in the press and the revelation of the process. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, the deep state and their desire to seize and control that information and keep us in the dark about any investigation that they want to do. And I think your concerns are my concerns, too, about uh, Jeff Sessions and Mike, Mike Pompeo in that regard. They're going to have to see the light or be replaced if uh, we want to make progress. Yeah, good point. I mean, I, you just, I, just, I would just like to see a, a lot of new people. Uh, a lot of new people in there, but let's go ahead uh, real quick. Uh, it's at the top of the hour. I do have uh, other folks who'd like to chime in. I got Cindy on the line, uh, but first, uh, she may you know, want to say something, but uh, but I still want to respect uh, your time, Arlen. Uh, would you still be able to say yeah, or do you uh, got to go? Why don't I uh, beg off uh, at the half hour point? Okay, I've got to be up at three forty-five. Okay. Oh wow! What time is it there now? It's uh, it's uh, ten after ten. Ten after ten. Okay, y'all. So you're only yeah. about an hour behind us. So let's yeah, let's go ahead and we'll, we want you to be well rested. But let's go ahead and bring in uh, Cindy, and then we'll we'll definitely want to be mindful of the time. Then uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, um, welcome, Arlen. Glad to hear you again. It's been a long time. Yeah, good to hear you again. Well, um, I had, uh, um, I guess, Robert, if you don't mind the segue into the article, I just wanted to mention this one thing about it with 
Arlen and see if he agrees. Oh yeah, with the me. post that you sent me. Yeah, that was, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Arlen, did you happen to read the the article in the State of the State of the Nation uh, alternative website, alternative news website by Lisa no, Frank? All right. Well, no. she wrote an article about Comey. It's rather rather lengthy. Um, I can. I, I can get it to on the uh, the. The Bard's Logic uh, page uh, there on Facebook. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, um, I had. Yeah, I see it right I, here. There's, there's one section of it here that is extremely um, encouraging to me because it shows that either Trump is uh, a very good strategist or he's got someone behind the scenes that is helping him strategize in a really effective way um, w- when you look at the timing of the firing of Comey it didn't come until after um, both Comey and Sally Yates both testified under oath that there was no actual evidence of any collusion between Trump campaign, campaign and Russia okay right. Okay. right. then Comey refused to say that Trump is not under investigation, but he testifies that he has informed the Senate Intelligence Committee um, that uh, so, some people are under investigation, but not necessarily Trump. Yes. Trump yes. tells nobody at the White House that he's going to move against Tony. Uh, I mean, Comey. So there's, like, no leaks, no... Uh, nobody listening in on his conversations, no little deep state um, uh, um, you know people in their rat you know Trump somehow contacts Senator Grassley though, chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee and and Comey I mean uh, Grassley confirms to him that Comey told him that Trump was not under investigation personally. Okay, so after he gets both the Attorney General and the new Deputy Attorney General to legitimately review Comey's unprofessional actions uh, at the FBI, um, they are now able to recommend in writing that Trump terminate Comey. Okay, now... Comey is sent off to California somehow. I don't know who sent him. Uh, the lady in the, that read the article wasn't sure who may have done it. She gave several um, ideas, like, you know, possibilities. Um, but the fact is, Comey goes to California. While he's there, Trump seizes all of the... Um, the, the information that Comey has. He seizes his computers. He seizes um, the, the paperwork. He, he seizes everything that he has, all his documents, his files, his tapes, and, and they're all taken over to Jeff Sessions at the DOJ. So now, because... Comey wasn't there. Yeah, there's a the background. If anyone's got him. it real quick, if anyone's got a speaker phone or speakers going, uh, we do. We, I do have some feedback coming back. Go ahead, some. Okay, so now, um, you know, Comey being gone, he's not able to stop Trump 
And because it was all done secretly, um, without telling any of his underlings, it got done without um, anybody, uh, um, Comey's knowledge. Therefore, now we have the tapes. Uh, shall I say the DOJ, but meaning we the people basically have the tapes. Have the tapes. Mm-hmm. It's like um, okay. it's like um, uh, Joe. Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe. Didn't Joe just say something about the people having the tapes or having the conversations? Right. So right. Um, now we have those things, and they cannot be used against him. They cannot be erased. They can't be mysteriously um, lost. Um, and so now I'm looking at a guy. I'm, I'm thinking when when Trump first goes off to his little world tour thing, I'm thinking, gosh, this is not really a good opportunity for him to go away. What are they going to do around there in Washington while he's gone? You know? And then I read this article and I think, well, shoot, I could relax and go to Saudi Arabia too if I knew that Jeff Sessions had possession of all that stuff instead of James Comey. So, I don't know think about the prospects now do you think that what's on those tapes are going to exonerate I mean this girl goes on and on about what she thinks is going to be revealed is stuff that's going to get a bunch of people in prison if they actually prosecute them not Trump but other other... that's an interesting rosy scenario I uh, tend to shy away from Rosy scenarios. People that posit that, uh, well, you know, people that posit that Donald Trump is uh, such a master at, you know, people toss out 4D and 5D chess as if there is such a thing. Um, I don't think Trump knows the ropes enough to know to do things. I think when he disciplines his mind and knows the knows the pieces on the board and how they work, I think is an excellent, he can be an excellent uh, player in things like this. But I think he's got a point. I think you've got a point there. I think that Rosenstein is the guy that's empowered now and, uh, and uh, sessions to a degree perhaps. Uh, And I think, I think that was the key. I think I can understand to get whatever Comey was doing out of his hands and uh, be able to examine it. But it also goes back to whether or not Mueller is trustworthy, but that could be a governing effect on Mueller too. So that if it is found that he's not behaving according to what the actual evidence indicates and not revealing any, um, bad stuff going on, whether it's with Comey personally or Comey, Brennan, uh, Obama, and Clinton and Podesta, you know, uh, if if that's not coming to the fore and, be, and, and being a part of the investigation, then there would be all the reason in the world to get, to get rid of uh, Mueller as well. And, uh, and Rosenstein yeah. and Trump can do that. It's, uh, it, it is legal and proper to be able to do that if, if it was found to be uh, either incompetent or 
or but don't you, you know, feel don't you feel optimistic because Grassley and Sessions have both have uh, access to this information. It's not just Rosenstein that's going to have it. It's going to be all of them. If that's true, yeah, Congress is so important. It's so important there, you know, constitutionally and realistically, they, they need to have information and access in, as to what what goes on. You know, the, the American people can't know everything. Uh, but you know, that would also, we should be able that to. That would also. Hold on, Cindy, let him finish real quick. I'm sorry. It just needs to be in the process of all this. Basically, these guys really kind of need to be, if you, if you were designing this from scratch as a board game or as a constitutional process, you'd give these special prosecutors, or let's take the Seth Rich investigation, you'd give them a period of time and say, you've got to act and then you've got to demonstrate your investigatory processes, what you've done, how you've treated the data and the, and the, and the faithful execution of your investigation and the evidence that you've gained and give that to an administrative overseer that can assess whether you've actually done the whole job and done it honestly. And then after a certain other period of time, that should, that information should go to the public and we should know. Uh, so if, if that kind of a process is eventually taken, uh, that's, that's what we need. And uh, I think if what you say is true, that's a, a, certainly a first step in that regard. Well, I think there's one other piece of evidence that kind of gives gives you the impression that this has all happened, just as this article says, because um, Grassley and, and Feinstein both made public statements confirming that Comey had told them that the Russian investigation did not involve President Trump. And he, uh uh, Feinstein and I believe even Pelosi made comments um, to that effect in in the House. Yeah. So, you know what I can. What uh, I can and then show you, you know sorry, the Congress, yeah. the Congress begged off of the investigation. They stopped their investigation and let Rosenstein take it over. So do they know something too? Is there something in those yeah. files that they don't want to touch? What I, what I can see is that Manafort or and or Kushner and or Mike Flynn talked to Trump or talked to Lewandowski and said or or the COO or whatever and said, well, you know, I've I've been involved with this, I've been involved with that, and oh, by the way, I didn't I didn't uh, reveal that in the documentation, and Trump might have said, well, that's a problem. And we'll just see how it plays out. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's, that's probably going to turn out to be the extent of it. And, uh, and which will be, you know, that's not impeachable. But, but something's there, and I think it involves all of those three guys. I think those are the people that, that are, are clearly being investigated. Uh, Flynn Kushner and, and Manafort. And maybe one or two others, I don't know. But I think it's that level of stuff, and uh, and let it happen. You know, as as uh, as Trump is getting uh, kind of uh, taken to task by some of the talking heads in the conservative world, he needs to 
spell it out and say, okay, we're going to go through this process and we're going to find out what's gone on in my, in my staff. And that'll be a part of it. But, you know, that's not the way Trump works. But maybe that's for the good. Maybe this needs to just boil and boil and boil for a while and, uh, and boil out. You know, I, I really think if, if, if Donald Trump does not get around to, to really getting into the meat of what, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton have been involved in and, and mm. finding out if some of these allegations that people like George Webb have been bringing out uh, are true and, you know, the kind of things that Cernovich and some of these other guys are, are speculating about uh, whether or not they're true. If they, if, if they don't get into the Hillary Clinton, the Clinton foundation and, and the, and the uh, that other group that they had, the Clinton Global Initiative, and getting into the pay-for-play stuff, the kind of stuff that got the South Korean president in jail. If they don't get into that kind of investigation, then then what good are they? Uh, there's, yeah. I don't think you're able to uproot the New World Order type of corruption unless you do that. Uh-huh. So maybe the well, more this goes on, the more of the battle and war will be fought and escalated that will cause Trump to finally sink his teeth into it. Well, they should have control of the the um, Anthony Weiner in, in, um, tapes, too, of the, excuse me, the emails, which could um, connect Clintons with the um, human trafficking issue. And yeah, once once like a, once you understand, once you see what we actually know there from the Podesta emails of how he actually is involved with weird spiritualist occultist people, um, and uh, then and you see some of the code language that's being used by Podesta uh, and his people, uh, that's just that that red flag just does not go away. We have to know what that's about. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what they do. We'll see if Sessions and Grassley and anybody else, you know, Roman Rosenstein. We'll, we'll see if they do what they're supposed to do. But I, I just, I just can't help but thinking there's just so many things that came together at the same time that just made me a little hopeful. But you know, I try I to be so. optimistic. To... Listen, as Robert will tell you. I'm the worst case scenario person on this on this <laughs> yes, lockdown show here. I'm I'm the I'm the one who's always given the negative viewpoint. So when I read this letter or this um article um, Yeah, it's good to hear Cindy pause be positive. <laughs> it's so yeah, rare it's that we hear because I'm the I'm the resident conspiracy theorist, you see. <laughs> okay. Well I wanna sink my teeth into more of that article. I've got it in front of me and and uh you know, what I'd like to see is if I had all the time in the world and if I was in a position of power in media or something like this, I would take that West Palm Beach uh, October 13th message and I would take his inauguration message and I would take the, the first uh, quasi-State of the Union message, whatever that was called, the joint session message, and I would, I would pick out points of it where Trump has laid it on the line and, and hold him accountable and hold his feet to the fire. Say, so, okay, what are you oh, doing yeah. to to fight the international banking system that's in too much control of our country. What are you doing to put the people back in charge of our government? 
and make government public servants under our authority. What what are you doing to to reverse these trends and to and to put us back in charge? Uh, and are you doing it here in this? you know, healthcare and these investigations or you're not and, uh, and grade them. And uh, that's, that's the kind of attitude we need to have about it. And, you know, ignore the jackass talking heads that are in beltway <laughs> land and, uh, and get to the real terms of the matter. Well, and I have about five could, more minutes I'll, for you guys only, to enlighten me. If only we, <laughs> you, you, you and you and Robert and I and, you know, all the people on our show here, if if only we could sit in the president's office and rap with him, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, that's what he needs. Yeah, rap, and Craig. he can actually be, give, give full, uh, full candor. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, we hope that that's what uh, one of the Steves is doing, you know, at any given time. Bannon and Miller, so much is in their ballpark. I don't know who else is going to do it. Well, Hopefully they're doing that guess, kind of stuff. Guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. Right. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, John. I think I I I tend to think that we need to learn how to work together with all legal United States citizens because this divide and conquer strategy has been going on so long, basically since the Constitution was built. We never actually, we've got some gains in certain areas and other places. We've continued to allow the consolidation of power, and it's um, winner take all. So every time we have an election, each, you know, that group, that faction tends to think they can run roughshod over the rest of us. And so every so many number of years, we have another upring, uprising of, of violence because whether it be back in the you know, 40s, whenever there was all kinds of stuff, or even something more recent, you know, back in the 60s, you got Martin Luther King, and then when things didn't go over so well because he could just talk, well, people got tired of that, and then the Panthers came out and Malcolm X, and then everything started burning down, and then we got some stuff done because people started, whoa, they're real, man, they're not just talking, they're actually going to do something. And then it gets taken, and then, what, 30-some or 20-some years later, we get the L.A. riots, and everybody starts burning up stuff because they're sick and tired of all of the people in Congress and in government manipulating the laws against we, the people, and and totally disregarding us, and then we have no power to hold them accountable. So then we end up in another civil war. So, you know, I don't like – I kind of tend to want to – um, work against people, things when people say we got to just ignore the others because they're legal United States citizens just like you and me. And if we're gonna we're gonna ignore them, then they have the right to ignore us when they're in power. And I, I think that's been a problem. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I just I just mean that uh, don't bother with what Hugh Hewitt and and uh, Krauthammer have to say. Uh, and Steyerwell <laughs> about things, uh, you know, just uh, bring bring everything back in terms of the people in the, are in charge of our government. That's the way America was set up in the first place. That's the only way that freedom exists is when the people are empowered and are sovereign over their own lives and sovereign over government. And uh, And we need to figure out how to make 
the politicos accountable to us in that regard. And uh, St. Alex Jones is right. Uh, it's an information war. Uh, that, and that's, that's the fire that we have is those electrons that go in and out of our uh, computers to trade information. And, uh, and you're exactly right. It needs to be sunlight, sunlight, sunlight. And that's uh, the direction. It's scary, very scary to Cold War conservatives to think like that. But that's the direction it needs to take. You mean like Bill Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or some of my close Did you see that article you wrote about Fox News? <laughs> we talk, we, we oh, kind of no. talked about that last week, but we kind of got we kind of got put uh, you know put that on the back burner, but. Well, it's like all these jerks that are trying to beat up uh, Hannity about uh, trying to look into Seth Rich. I mean, those guys, David French, for example, he needs to be slapped a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally concur with what uh, what you guys are saying, that people need to be put in charge, even if it hurts, even if it hurts national defense here and there, even if it hurts intelligence, so long as it doesn't get too many people killed in the field. They need to, we need a new paradigm and national defense and intelligence needs to adjust accordingly where the people are in control of, of government. And it's that process where we have, just like the Congress was supposed to have control over monetary policy and central banking, where we have administrative control to handle the immediate affairs, where the public servants are accountable to elected officials the people that we put in charge and then they're accountable to us to explain what they did and what they didn't do, what the investigations turned out to be and why, and, and, how, and whether it was honest and why they can say that it was. And, and these processes are economically accountable to us uh, in terms of financing uh, these, uh, these programs that we have. And it's just old fashioned accountability and, uh, and the people that run the country are us, and it, we're the ones that need to be informed uh, as to whether or not people are uh, doing the job. On that note, I totally concur. We can, uh, we can uh, let you have the freedom of uh, being Arlenless, and I better get some sleep. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I appreciate you staying as long as you have. And uh, we definitely want to have you back on because I have a feeling uh, these types of conversations are not going to be over anytime soon, unfortunately. I think they're just right, going to keep yeah. on trying. I think that the uh, the new world order, order types uh, are, are good to just uh, – because I don't think Trump's part of it. I mean, I think he's outside of it. That's one of the reasons why I supported uh, Trump is he was such a, you know an outsider – uh, in politics, and, and, and plus, as I stated earlier, I think he was the only one really uh, who could have defeated Hillary Clinton. And I think she's, at least in modern times, most corrupt president, presidential candidate we can. And I couldn't imagine her being rewarded uh, or awarded with the uh, presidency of the United States being as corrupt as she she still is, because it looks like they're still trying to uh, bring things uh, you know around. So we well, appreciate in, it, Arnold. In the election process, yes. whenever Trump would come out on top, and uh, hopefully it will continue to go that way and go in the right direction. Thanks much. God bless, everybody. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. You too. Take care. Thank you. Talk to you later, then. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. Sleep well. You too. Good night.
Nice. And so we've got uh, some other folks on the line. Just push the one on your number dial uh, if you'd like to get into the show. And we are going to continue on with uh, this uh, the discussion, this part of the discussion uh, tonight in this segment. Uh, so, Cindy, yeah, I mean, now, through my understanding, and, and I, I've been away for a couple a couple of days, and, and now that I'm bringing, uh, I, I've got an opportunity to do this. Uh, I had a, a dear friend of mine, uh, two dearest friends of mine were affected. Of course, many of us were affected, unfortunately. Again, it seems, uh, and, is that I had a, a good friend of mine suddenly pass away this past Sunday. I just found out on Monday uh, that uh, she passed suddenly. I don't have a lot of details on how, nor the, is that the important thing. Uh, is that now she leaves uh, leaves behind a, a husband and two young children, a 14-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. Uh, she was only 38 years old. I mean, it's tragic for anyone, no matter what the age. Um, but you know that as well. Uh, you know, being you know being 38, and you know you, we don't get a chance. And I tell you what, I mean, I've known many a couple in my time, and her and Brian, uh, Jamie and Brian, those two seemed you know like uh, just the couple who you you could tell that, you know, they enjoy each other's company. You could, you know, I dare say to say soulmates. And unfortunately, uh, my dear friend, Brian, uh, lost her, uh, this past Monday. So uh, appreciate the folks, uh, put their positive thoughts. And for those of you who are prayerful folk, uh, those out as well. Uh, I know my friend Brian is, uh, he's a, you know, devout Christian and I believe so is, uh, Jamie. And so the, uh, the services, which I will be attending on Friday, uh, will be uh, will be then. So if you could just uh, be mindful of that just for a few moments uh, when when you have some time. Uh, but I believe I do see uh, Kelly here on the line. So let's go ahead and – well, you know what? I've got two California folks here. So I think this uh, – I don't know. I don't know if, if this is Kelly. I'm going to do some, uh, some call screening here because they're, they're, they're real close numbers. But let's go ahead and uh, if you want to give us uh, some more of what you've been hearing with the whole Comey situation. The last time I heard, uh, Cindy, is that he's not now going to be uh, uh, testifying. Is that that true? Who's not going to be testifying? Comey. I thought he was going to do some kind of public or private testimony about the – I I thought I heard somewhere, read somewhere that that's not going to happen. That Comey was going to have a like a meeting with somebody. That wasn't going to be a private testimony. He was going to have a meeting with Grassley, but that that didn't mean he wasn't going to be forced to testify. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I said I don't know what's going to happen. But just because he's meeting with Grassley doesn't mean he's not going to be forced to testify in front of um, Congress or a grand jury or. You know somebody else. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet who he's going to have to testify in front of. So I mean, okay. he's Speaking, probably. Go ahead. Well, you know, Comey was um, the guy that uh, you know when they started looking into the Hillary in, uh, emails, Comey gathered up all the witnesses and proceeded to give them immunity, and then they proceeded to tell him nothing. So, um, you know. It, Basically, Comey may be thinking in the back of his head, well, maybe if I can get some immunity and uh, then I'll just I'll just give him a, a couple of little drop drippings from the, you know, 
from the information. I won't give him anything really damning, but I'll just give him a little bit here and there. You know, he may be thinking that he can get away with the same thing that he allowed those other witnesses to get away with. But somehow I don't think that's going to work out for him unless Robenstein really is in the pocket of the New World Order and he just has no um, inclination at all to, to put any of these people in jail. But I tell you what, if somebody doesn't go to jail over this, there's just no hope for the United States anymore. There is no, there is no hope. If, if Trump can't get something done, because it is so obvious to just us who know really only snippets of information and, and um, evidence. But look at what's available out there and look at all the evidence that's been suppressed and there's been nothing done to those people for obstructing justice when they, when they um, you know, bashed all those phones and those laptops and everything of, of everybody's, okay, you, you can't do that stuff and get away with it according to our laws. So if our AG, our DOJ, our, our um, you know, our legal system can't, can't put anybody in jail over this, I mean, or if the one person going to jail is Trump, I don't, I don't think there's any, any hope for us. At all, it's it's all over, buddy. If Trump can't get it done, nobody else is going to, because nobody else can buy their presidency like Trump could. And the New World Order is not going to allow anybody in the presidency that, ha- that isn't controlled by them. The only reason Trump is there is because he was able to buy his way there. Who else is rich enough to do that? I don't know. Maybe there's a few people, but they're not involved in politics at all. So I don't think they're going to. Nobody knows them. They don't have any name recognition. So, you know, what, Warren Buffett tried it one year and he couldn't do it. Um, uh, what's his name? Perot spent a fortune. He couldn't do it. It, it, it just isn't going to get done if Trump can't get it done. So that's, it's it's on the one hand very scary, but I'm also hopeful on the other hand. Because there is a what? lot of information now in the hands of Jeff Sessions. And it, um, it's, it's very good to hear you, Hopeful Cindy. Let's, I've got uh, Kelly on the line. We'll get Kelly in, and then we'll do this in order of, of, of when people call. So i got Kelly in. I have Raj in, both from uh, California. And uh, Raj has some, some radio background as well, so I can't wait to hear her on that and share with uh, the audience here. But first, let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. And you brought in about the... Uh, about the court, so let's you know we we know Kelly knows a lot about that. Like, but the comes of the grand jury. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you? Well, thank you, and hello, everybody. Uh, Hi, Kelly. Embarrassing, but I'm hey, but I'm uh, I'm at Taco Bell about to order. I'm going to be very rude. So why don't you go ahead and go to Raj and come back to me? <laughs> okay, that's okay. what. Bring a taco here to Ohio. I love Taco Bell. But anyway, I'll put you back on uh, mute, and then uh, just send me a text when you're ready to come in after eat some tacos. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. All right, let's go ahead and bring in Raj. Thank you very much, Raj, for coming to the show. How are you doing? Uh, that was funny. Um, life without Taco Bell, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 
That was funny. Anyways, um, no, I love Taco okay. Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, couple things. Um, I hope some people in the audience are sitting down for this because this is a little bit radical, but I'm kind of a radical type guy. Uh, it's our constitutional right to occasionally uh, fertilize the ground of freedom with the blood of tyrants. Okay, and so I can see this because I've got an end in the military that I'm not going to get into detail right now, but we really are going to civil war. As much as I really, really hate to say that, it's headed that way because there is massive... I kind of think that could be some validity in that for what we've been seeing lately. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't I just say that? Oh, just what makes me say that about the Civil War? Yeah, about us going I'm Civil War. I mean, look, I mean, look at all the look at all the violence going on in the streets. Look at all the violence going on in uh, in all the campuses. Yeah. And I think that it might be be done purposely uh, to set us apart. Because if, as long as we're fighting each other, uh, we can't be you yes. know sticking together as the people to our government. Yeah. Yep, as as cliche as it sounds, united we stand, you know, and they're, it's, they're trying, you know, the the ultra super rich and all that, they're trying to do the divide and conquer, and as long as we're aware of that fact, it won't work, only to the degree that if you don't know your rights, you don't have them, am I right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so... um I'm of the opinion that there's somebody, uh, what was that one you just had a little while before me? She was saying something about uh, Trump and bought his way in and all that, and um, what's his name that was uh, head of the... That was me, Cindy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, hey. Hey. Oh, by the way, thanks for being in there. I've I've been listening to you guys. You're right on, you know. Anyways, um... So what I'm saying is um, I know somebody that I'm in really tight with and a few other people are in really tight with that outranks them all. He's called capital S Supreme God. He's richer than all of them, and he takes care yeah. of business. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank right. You. Yeah. <laughs> That's my God, and if they can't relate, boo hoo for all of them, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, you know, but, it remains to be seen, Naj, that whether God yeah, is going to put his hand in this and intercede. Yeah. Raj, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there ain't no maybe about it. He doesn't deal in maybes. He says this is what it is, and that's what it is, you know. <laughs> right? And we, yeah, but I'm oh, waiting God. to see if he's going to, I'm waiting to see if he's going to miraculously intervene somehow. Like, you know, oh, he, can, yes, he, he can expose oh, yes, he evil. He can expose corruption like nobody else can. So yeah. I'm just waiting to see what he's going to do about that. About that. I mean, I, I have a little bit of confidence after reading this article that um, uh-huh. our own attorney general uh, can, can do this. But whether he actually will, whether he gets killed first, you know, right. whether somebody breaks in and steals all this uh, stuff, Anything now, like that can happen, but what, God can keep it all. No, no, what, I, what, I, what I'm willing to see is what is a, the upshot of what's going on with Michael Flynn. What have you guys heard on the latest on Michael Flynn? Well, according to this article, you you ought to read the article because uh, uh-huh. that 
that episode or that that uh um, niche of that part of this whole corruption yeah. thing doesn't right. seem to be as bad as what you would normally you, you would think. The firing mm-hmm. of um when he asked him to go, there was a strategic reason for that. And if you'll read the article, you can see if you agree with which, uh, no, which right? article. Which which article? Where? Oh, the, uh, Robert has the article. Uh, Robert, tell him how to get to the article. Yeah, uh, certainly. You can go to the Bard's Logic Political Talk page there on Facebook. Okay. okay. You can just uh, type it in the search engine, Bard's Logic Political Talk, and I have it there uh, on the right. page there. Okay. okay. And you'll be able to see. You can yeah, go to my, got you, it if you don't want to have if you don't want to have a bunch of ads to look, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you've got unloaded data or whatever, but. If this article is going to take you a long yeah. time, it's going to take you a long time to read it, and there's going to be little okay. things going on in the in the margins that are going to suck uh-huh. up your data. Oh no, I, no, wanna... no, I did a different. Hey, Cindy. Oh, did you? I did a different. I okay. actually, I, if he's able to do it on Facebook, are you talking about doing it on look, reading it on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I don't have a link. I don't, I don't have a link. I I uh <clears throat> I put it I put it onto a Word document. And then I just pretty much oh, cut great. and pasted on wow. uh, in paragraph form Perfect. to uh, as a post on Facebook. Perfect. Oh, okay, that'll and, do it. Okay. Anyways, um, on another issue also, um, what I'm wondering about is Jeff Sessions. Uh, how could I describe it? Retro, retro view. That's a new phrase. A new word. His retro view, taking us back into the late 50s, early 60s, with, uh, gee, folks, the, quote, war on drugs didn't work on pot, but he wants to, you know, throw everybody back in prison and build more prisons and yada, yada over a friggin' joint. What's up with that? I don't think, see, I think you're getting the wrong impression about that. You know what's yeah. going on right now all over the well, place, and I know about this because it happened right here in my county? He has unleashed his um, Department of Justice to go after all these child pornography rings, and a huge one just got a huge one just got taken down here in in my county. So there's other things. It's not all. See, you've been listening to that spin from the 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 fake media that it is not about putting people that smoke a joint into jail. That's not what it's about at all. It's about getting rid of the the, the nastiness that has been allowed to go on. Well, one at a time, please. (laughs) Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Now, what I heard on National News Live, I heard him when he first said it, and the exact quote, I have a photographic memory, is marijuana is a very dangerous drug. And that goes all the way back to Harry Anslinger. A-N-S-L-I-N-G-E-R, if you Google it, you know, that started all this nonsense with, you know, whatever. Because I found out we actually used to have a $10 bill with a picture on it, a U.S. currency $10 bill with workers out in the field harvesting hemp. Our constitutions written on it. Our first Bibles were written on it. Some of our money was printed on it. Totally different kind of hemp. Totally different kind of hemp. Oh, I know, I know, 
And But what I'm saying is, why won't they allow us to do commercial hemp in America? We have to import it from Canada and China. What's up with that? American jobs, never mind. See? Well, let me, t- let me tell you this. Um, when you um, wake up from pigging out on alcohol, uh, you might have a huge headache. You're going to, you know, not function real well at first. But oh, you're going to get your faculty back. Um, yes, when I, I, I was, I was a when I was a, a young person, I I dealt I right. dealt I I did the. the um, you're still young, and Cindy. that's all I did, and that's all, all right, I did. Sir. Right. I I uh, didn't do a lot of it because I realized yeah. what was happening to me. I was losing right. my ability to remember anything. When I right. was in junior high, I was a straight A student. The minute right. I started on drugs. I lost right. all control of oh, what was going on in my head. I, I lost my I memory. I could no longer I could no longer memorize anything. I was trying right. in my geography class and my geom- yeah, geometry yeah. classes to, to memorize theorems. You cannot men- yeah. I could not memorize the theorem. Yeah. I never had a problem with memorizing before that. And there's yeah. there's a there's a um a fuzziness that comes over you and it wasn't just uh-huh. while I was while I was on it. It was all the time. Right. Now, maybe you've done it and you didn't have that. All the legal non-psychoactive constituents are a whole other ballgame, and they want to keep all that illegal, too. Well, I, have, I am personally not against medical marijuana, but the problem okay. with medical marijuana is you you have... Um, people like the, the oh, people in Colorado yeah, that absolutely did abused. not understand what they one were at, voting. One at a time, folks. Come on, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They did not understand what they were voting in in, in Colorado. Right. And here in Florida, we just voted it in. And we the people right. did not understand what they were voting for. Um, right. And basically what it did in Colorado was just made pot legal for anybody, anytime. And that's the right. same thing that's going to happen here because – there's no, there's no legal um, way that you can enforce coming just from a uh, a, a doctor, um, right. like a um, a prescription from a doctor. Right. You're going to be able right. to get one prescription from one corrupt doctor, and mm. you will get pot for the rest of your life from anybody. And there's going to mm. be little shops open up, and you'll walk into the yeah. shop, and you'll get your, you'll show them your little. Um, Perpetual um, prescription, and and right. then you'll get what you want, and right. you don't have to do anything else but that. That right. makes pot legal, and and then you're going to have a lot of people who start failing in school. Even worse, they're already trying to dumb us down with our curriculum. This I, is going to yeah, even I dumb people down that. more. Oh, by the way, I am a retired teacher. I am a retired teacher. Yeah. Well, then yes. you should know. I'm a homeschooler, and I okay. I have to homeschool because I, I, I homeschool I my own children. Right. Yeah, I, I homeschool my own children for nine years, okay. and, and now it's, I'm going on the eighth year of my grandchildren because uh, the, our uh, school system stinks. I cannot yeah. put them in our school system. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, while we're on the subject on the educational scene, um, what do you think about what, 
uh, or Donnie, I call him Donnie Blay, because, by the way, I used to have White House clearance, and I don't want to go into detail. I used to live and work in D.C., and I know D.C. way too intimately, okay? I used to hang out with the Kennedys and everything, okay? And so... Um, what do you think of what old Donnie boys get ready to do with the educational system in America? What, who? Say who? I call him Donnie boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was I, like, I'm is there somebody in the, the, uh, no, I'm thinking, I'm is there somebody in the Department of Education? What? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I, know. That's, I don't think that's. Um, number one on his agenda. I think we'll have to wait and see what he's going to do about that later. Hmm. Huh. Okay. What do you think he's going to do? What do you think he's going to do? Uh, I don't know either because he comes out with so many damn things every week, it's hard to keep track of them. <laughs> but, you know. Well, the only thing, the only thing not- um, you know, notable that he's done so far is to appoint the woman who is very pro voucher, but that I woman is also exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I am so pro voucher, big time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, but see, that's that's where we're gonna that that's but, where we're gonna but, disagree, and we may we may get we we may get into that. But I'm gonna go ahead and we got Kelly on yeah. the line, and we're, we're gonna keep okay. your mic open there, Raj. But uh, like we do, everyone okay. else is here uh, as part of our roundtable sure. discussion. But let's go ahead. And I guess uh, okay. he got done to eating the tacos, which, uh, boy, I really wish I had some of those now. But anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and welcome Kelly. Thank you, Kelly, for coming to the yeah. show. How are you? Hey, Robert. Hey, I'm still, break. I'm still hungry. Station break. Uh, but anyway, well, yeah, I want to address a few things. That as oh, I've oh station break around. about the, uh, uh, yeah, about seven yeah, minutes. Five. Don't let your, uh, thank you, John. Go ahead. Go ahead. John's going to do our <clears> station break for us. You mean John do station breaker? That's Ladies what I thought he was going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio, Barge Logic Political Talk. If you want to get in on the conversation, even if you just want to listen, call 347-945-7428 within the next four or five minutes. And if you decide to want to talk, just hit one on your number dial and our great... MC, Mr. Robert, will make sure and help get you in. That's Blog Talk Radio, Bard's Logic Political Talk. So come back and join us as often as you can and let all your friends and neighbors know you can get it on iTunes or you can send mm-hmm. the link from Facebook and let everybody know. It's blogtalkpoliticaltalk.com is the website. Call in in the next five minutes, 347-945-7428. We thank you to you, Kelly. Uh, thank you very much. And also, if you are already on the call real quick, don't let it drop because, unfortunately, if the, the call drops, we'll, we'll not be able to get you back into the show uh, after the top yeah. of the hour. So if you got a charge or whatever, do that, uh, and then we won't be able to get to our extended period as we'll be lovingly called Bard's Logic af- uh, After Dark. And, yes, definitely also you can check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I want to hit some topics quick and go back to uh... – the Trump situation. Thanks, John. Um, but yeah, yeah, in California, the medical marijuana just seems to be an uh, excuse for the growers to hide, hide behind. And then we have mm-hmm. England potential. And it's you know, if you get a grow it for a cash crop, maybe let the mm-hmm. locals. But I don't know how that can be done. But over to Raj's statement of civil unrest. Um, yeah, I could see some potential problems. I do hope that 
grand jury step in, we do have mechanisms. Remember the mic for live, guys, gals. <laughs> yeah, right, Kelly. Um, but yeah, we do have some mechanisms left before civil civil unrest occurs. And you look at the founding fathers before they um, uh, declared independence. They gave them a warning in 1764, and then the Declaration of Rights again in 17. Uh, seven, it's 1765, then 1774, then the Declaration. So there are still proper mechanisms that need to be exhausted before, and, and the grand jury works behind the scenes. There's a lot of hope here. I know, Cindy, you sound a real frustrating that things aren't happening, and if they can't put certain people behind bars, it's over. And if you look at the Nixon-Watergate situation, Watergate happened in 72, and it took until uh, March 1st of 74 for the famous Watergate 7 indictment to come out. And then the House Judiciary Committee had to look at it. And finally, it was August of 74, so basically it took two long years. So you're looking at the situation now with, you know, um, Comey and others and Hillary, and they have to do plea bargains with people to go up and get the top fish. That's just the way it is. And Comey, when, when he well, basically... If you get a congressional subpoena, you better show up because, you know, mm-hmm. there can be an arrest warrant um, if you show up and they're playing games. Even if you have immunity, the sergeant at arms or the, uh, the U.S. Marshal can have them arrested and throw them in the slammer. Immunity is a very powerful thing to get witnesses to speak. For example, um, in the, the Clinton Whitewater situation, Susan McDowell was given immunity. She was a business partner with the Clintons and and, okay, now that you have immunity, this is how it works. Now that you have immunity as a witness, you have to answer the questions posed to you, period. Uh-huh. Immunity says what you say can and will never be used against you in a court of law. Uh-huh. And judges have to be very, very, very careful how they give immunity because uh-huh. by accident they might be the top person. So you have to work this out. So Comey is smart enough to go to, to Grassley. He's from uh-huh. Iowa, home state. And he's, and Grassley, I believe, is an attorney, and they have to work it out so that he's not just congressional immunity, but immunity with the judge, and then get before a grand jury. He still may not speak because Comey might be under a death threat. That's why uh, Susan Madova probably would rather spend 18 months behind bars than answer the questions because she could end up dead. But so it's a very tricky thing that and it takes a while to work out the terms of immunity again. Judges have to be very careful. Uh, Congress has to be very careful when they give it and how they give it. But maybe he'll spill the beans, and it takes time. And the next thing you know, grand jury indictment comes out against Hillary Clinton and a whole bunch of other people because it's never just one person. Um, there, uh, Leland Yee was a uh, state house senator here in California. When he got indicted for trafficking guns and, and serious arms, there was a long, long list um, below him. And so these things will take time, uh, Cindy. These things will take time to come to fruition. If nothing absolutely happens, if congressional investigations don't yield anything and grand jury doesn't bring out any any indictments, we're going to have serious problems because there will be civil unrest because this great mechanism yeah. of peace is not being exhausted. Uh-huh. So we just have to wait for it. Huh. Am I still up on here? Oh, you're on. Yeah, you're on. You're, yeah, everyone's okay. mic has been, uh, okay. been on. Okay. Um, what I also want to interject on what Dan just said is um, 
about the whole thing in the past couple of days with Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, is he playing both ends against the middle on this one? Hello? I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? I, I missed what you said. Yeah. I, I apologize. I said, no, I, I said is... Um, uh, I keep calling him Donnie Boy. <laughs> Anyways, um, what do you think about what do you think about uh, him in Saudi Arabia, right, making how many billions deal, and then Israel with Jerusalem? Uh, it sounds like playing both ends against the middle there to me. Hmm. What do you guys think? Well, with being well, well, my thoughts are you know with them being. Uh, you know, the negotiator, I think he's trying to show that, you know, hey, I'm not taking any one side, uh, you know, so to speak. I really I really think that. Uh, I, and I think he's actually going to want to be the guy as well, because uh, he talks about this, uh, to finally be the person to broker a peace deal uh, between uh, between the Palestine and, and Israel. I really do. Um, now, of course, some of the things he's saying about doing, like uh, moving all the – you know, I guess all the oh, I'm having a brain freeze here. Uh, all, all the where all the diplomats and stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze. Someone help me out on that. Yeah, Why are you yeah, talking yeah. about bringing in Jerusalem? All the um, all the what's going on with Yeah, no, there's What's also that? Iran in that mix too. He there's wants to bring the embassies. Embassies, that's right. Yeah, I'm the Yeah, think of all bringing the embassies to uh, to Jerusalem. Uh huh. Uh, mm. So now, I mean, I mean, personally, I think you know, I don't think it's going to fly up the with the Palestinians or whatever people mm. want to call them. Oh no, I, I, know so it's I think not. that might hurt with uh, him wanting to broker a peace deal. But I mean, I, right. I think that it should be there, and, and I, you know, and you know, I, we're talking about the two-state solution. You've heard, I've heard both are you know arguments, and mm. my personal theory is still out on that, actually. Um, mm. But I think he wants to be the guy, and, you know, I think him going, you know, going out there. But what I want to really, you know, what I want to focus on is his speech telling them, look, you know, you need to root these uh, people. And this actually I think is be a good segue into our next uh, hmm. segment, and that's about those ISIS bastard cowards, you know, who decide right. that they're just going to go blow up and try to kill a bunch of little girls, you know. You know right. And, you know, how – Seriously, how brave can you think? You know, you think you're all right. So you're going to go in and you're going to blow up a bunch of little girls. You're, I could say this because we're on uh, yeah. Logic After Dark, and we're not uh, have to be FCC compliant. Is that look, you pussies? Uh-huh. What do you mean going in there to try to blow up a bunch of little girls? You know what? If you right. so-called right. men of this, you know, yeah. this movement, you don't even have the balls to go out, you know, and and, and fight like men. Uh, that just burns me yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. now now they're targeting little girls. I mean, what kind of scum of the you know, of the earth are you? Right. But anyway, so, you know, I mean, him telling him, like, look, you guys got to root these people out. And I'm going to make this point, and I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent. You guys know I, re- I don't do a lot on the yeah. show. But I tell you, I almost think it's time for World War Three, and I'm not talking about nu- going nuclear. I'm talking about you need to get all, well, you know, all the nations of Europe, uh, get some of your Asian countries, and you know what? If yeah, you are a Muslim country, we're going to blow you off the face of the earth. 
I'm sick of right. it. I'm done with them. You know what? We need we right. need war. Like I'm sorry. I, and well, as you said about the the, the the blood of people, whatever. I hate to say it because I'm not you know a warmonger by any stretch of the imagination, yeah, yeah. and I think it's a huge waste of resources where I'd rather us be spending this money and resources on the space program. But it's getting to the point where you got a group of people who are just out there killing little girls. We need to say, look, we're declaring – if you're a Muslim country and you harbor these people, we are declaring war on your country. We're going to destroy your infrastructure. We're going to destroy your country. We're going to take your resources, and we're going to kill your people. And if you're a person in that country yeah. and you don't like and you don't want to have this fate, then you better do something right. about these people. We're taking you out. Right. Iran, by Iraq, by right. Afghanistan, by you know, you're you're gone. Mm-hmm. We are going to come in and we're going to you know use traditional arms. But you know what? We've got enough of that. You know, no air bombs and stuff like that to wipe you out. If you if the people of those right. countries don't want that to happen, yeah. then you better do something about it and give them a finite right. timeline. This better be done by yeah. this time. Four years or you're done. You're out. We're coming in. Right. We're wiping you out. Or you were not. You know what? The word Arab won't right. even exist on this, or Muslim Damn won't even exist on this planet anymore because you're, di- this country, because you're done. Yeah. Okay, I'm off my There's somebody. <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> okay. We all get on it sometimes. But what I'm saying is there's also a uh, semi-peripheral in- issue since you got into the nuclear option. Uh, what is it? King John Bing Bong, you know, in Korea and uh, playing with fireworks lately. So how do we deal with that? Oh, I don't, I, I don't, I, I think he's, I think it's a non-issue, to be honest. For one, they can't even get a, you know, now we sure. do they have missiles that perhaps can affect some of our allies? Sure. Does he have something, does he have anything, the capability of attacking the United States now? Yeah. And you think that's a non-issue? Really? I think it's I, no. I, I think it's no. I think it's a small issue. I think it's a small issue. I don't think he, he cannot. He, they do not have the capability to attack the United States. They don't. They don't have it. Oh yes, you know. Does. And if they ever got to the point oh, where they could, yes, then then we take out their then we one. take out their capabilities. I've been getting my intel reports from my people, and I do have lots of military intel people behind me, and they're telling me, "Get ready for this one." Oh yes, they are. We don't have a whole navy naval group out there just you know to play tiddly winks right now, right now as we're speaking. Yes. So that's not that's another thing they do have the capabilities of, of of hitting the United States. Yes, sir. Or are you talking about like Hawaii? I've been following this very closely. I've been following this very closely ever since he started. Yes. Raj is right, Robert. Thank you. Raj is right. And Thank and you, you know what else? And and you know what, what else? Um, Iran is is going to have that same type of capability in in what not nuclear. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm not saying they don't have nuclear weapons. Well, I'm not saying they don't have nuclear weapons. I, I know, I'm sure they have nuclear weapons, and sure, Iran, Iran's no, on their way. But do they have the ballistic capabilities of launching actually launching a missile that can hit the United States? Yes. There is one. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, Robert? Um, you know, they don't, these, you're talking about people that ho- don't have the same. Now, I don't know about the North Koreans, but the Iranians don't have that same missile um, block with, with the mutual. Um, help me out, Mutual assured destruction. Mutual right. assured destruction. Yes. Mutual right. assured destruction. They do not have that in their vocabulary in Iran. 
their no. whole thing about destruction is bringing on the, the 11th or the 12th imam. You know, you, yeah. if you, you can do what you can kill whoever you want. You can put your own uh-huh. people at risk. You can do whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Just shoot it's that new that's why hobbyists are on steroids, is what it is. Exactly. And yeah. exactly the point where they have that capability, they will going after Israel first, and just uh, as a test, mm-hmm. I guess, and then they will be coming after us. And and there's yeah. just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's why, it's so mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important that... Yeah, that's worth it, but this is what's happening. Yeah. No. Well, real quick, real quick, folks. I have uh, Susan. If you're still on the line, I know you got to get going. Uh, and uh, okay. if you want to have your, and we, usually we do this at the end of the show, but since Susan's got to go, let's go ahead and give uh, her an opportunity to do her final thoughts for this evening. Okay. Ah, uh, well, I sent you the link um, to um, <clears throat> Katie Perry. No barriers, no borders. We just need to coexist. Video. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself. That's what I was thinking. She said it. That's beautiful. Yeah, she has no no brain, so I guess no pain or no pain, no brain, something like that. I couldn't believe believe what she said. I just was astounded. I... She... Really, I, I can't believe it. That's about as crazy as all this nonsense. Uh, what's going on with Seth Rich and how we know who killed him, but you know everybody's denying it, and there's this and this and this, and I just like, ah, oh, the stupidity in this world is flabbergasting at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God still is on the throne, and this is what we got to put our faith in for whatever we understand, you know, God to be, that's the, that's the final one in all of this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's in his heaven and all's well with the world, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel God's sorry. God's up to all I, the people out there is what we're saying for real. For real. God's love to everybody. Yeah. I just um I I just look at his picture, this this stuff, and he's such a nice looking yeah. young man and he's patri- was patriotic because he has T shirts and flags around him and different things. And mm-hmm. uh I don't know how strong a different but I know that he I believe he was feeding Weekly Links some mm-hmm. information. I really mm-hmm. do. Right. And it really makes me angry that Trump and was it Sessions or whoever, I can't remember, mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. these people, oh, we need to arrest him or hang him or shoot him or something for mm-hmm. treason, you know, and I'm just like, but what for this mm-hmm. guy and Assange putting their but online, you wouldn't even have gotten elected, you dummies. Why do they want to punish oh. son who has now been the court case against him in that hmm. or wherever has been dropped? Hmm. So, the rape. 
stuff. So I knew he was innocent all the way along on that. I, I figured they had trumped it up, so to speak, <laughs> against him, just like Edward Snowden and everyone else. And we should be grateful to these guys for, for doing what mm-hmm. they've done. So that's my final words on all of it. And uh, you gentlemen and ladies, uh, have a good evening. Mm-hmm. You too, Jenny. You take care, and we'll talk right? soon. Okay. Cool. And Thanks. I am really, I am really grateful for Blog Talk because a friend of mine turned me on to you guys, and I'm loving it. This is like one of the last bastions of true free talk right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate that. We always okay. definitely appreciate your input Good and your phone joining our roundtable discussion here. Good night, Susan. You uh-huh. take care, hon. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm, I, I am glad that we don't have to worry about any kind of uh, FCC compliance stuff. So we could say we won't. Now I don't do a, a lot of cursing or anything on the show and that. And you guys, no. uh, no. long-term people, well know. But you know, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, when I wanted to go on my tirades, <laughs> I can go ahead and do that and not have to worry and not have to worry about it like that just a little bit. But seriously, yeah, I mean, yeah, that no, really, I mean, that really gets under my skin. It's like. You know what? I mean, you're, you're right. going to attack little, you know, you're going to attack little girls. I mean, really? It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I know. They have no real morals. That's my contention. I have known many Arab families all around the world. I've lived with them. I know the mindset. And this whole new Wahhabi thing blows everything out of the water in that regard. Yeah. Wahhabi, for people that don't know, you know, Arabic, it's uh, the radicalized terrorist aspect of, you know, Muslim and all that. So, yeah, but that's what's, like, co-opted the whole thing. That's what gets in the media all the time. There's gazillions of moderate Muslims out there that really don't like to hear all that. You see what I'm saying? Well, why, why aren't they doing it, it appears they're not doing anything about it. And as Trump said, yeah. you know, you need yeah, to weed these people quiet. out. You need to get them out, but they're, they're not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because we've got a seriously leftist media that doesn't want to let them speak on the air. Yeah. 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 Or, they get, or they're afraid. They're afraid because as soon as they speak, they're going to be targeted. They're there's right. There's a few of them out there. There's a few of them out yeah. there that are talking, and they have to go around with bodyguards. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, anyways, I guess uh, I've got some pressing matters to do, but I'm going to be uh, jumping off the air. But I will definitely talk to you guys next week. I love you guys, and free talk rocks. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very have much. I'm looking forward to hearing it again, bud. All right. Bye, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. See you. All right. See ya. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and, and I, I mean, I still, you know, stay with, I mean, I think ISIS is still more of a threat to us, and and, and not even, you know, than, than North Korea is. I mean, that, that that's my stance, uh, at least as I see now. I, I, I don't, I, I think we got the capabilities if they were to fire a missile at us, uh, that we'd just shoot the damn thing down. No, no, I, you know, and, and at least you know with these people, you know they're not. They just want to kill. 
gosh, I got to be so worked up, I'm tongue-tied. Is that, you know, they're not, I mean, I just, it just it burns my ass, you know, about this thing that just happened uh, there in England with uh, with these little girls. I mean, and, and sir, I mean, I think it's time to, if you harbor, you know, if you're a country and you harbor, you know, these terrorists, it's, it's the time that, well, we're not going to have these precision strikes. We're just going to attack the, you know, try to attack their base. Because, you know, they're integrated into the, the society of these countries, right? You know, so it's like, look. You harbor them, as Trump said. You don't will them out. You got four years. Here's what I'll, if I was Trump, I'd say you got three years to do it. You've got three years to do this. If you don't weed these guys out, these guys aren't going out of your country. We're, you know, I'm going to talk. I'm going to go in front of Congress. I'm going to ask Congress to declare war on your country. And you know, if they declare war on it, we're we're we're, we're taking you out. And if I was Trump, I used a bully pulpit. Say, look, you know, we've been pussyfooting around these people for too long. You know what? We 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 took care of the Nazis, you know, and you know World War II. It's time to take these guys out. And if we get, you know, unfortunately, if there's going to be collateral damage, well, then there's going to be collateral damage because these people, they they should they should do it. They, I mean, they they should be able to uh, assisting and weeding these people out. And if they're not going to do that, if they're not going to help, well, then you know what? In my opinion, they might damn very well be almost as guilty as they are because look, well, we've seen injustice in our own country, you know. That you know we we took care of it. I mean we we had blood spilling our you know brother killing brother for what they thought they both you know believed in back in the Civil War. You know that's why it makes me sick. It's like look all these you know well-bodied people, you know, these refugees leaving you know these these war-torn areas stuff like that. Yeah, I get you want you get yourself and your family away from that. But you know what you know what we did here in the United States. We fought for our freedom and we won it. Yeah yeah we had people you know. Men, women, kids, you know, die through that. You know what? We want our own freedom. Now, instead of you coming here trying to take ours, why don't you fight for your own freedom? John, do you want to make any well, comment on that? Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. I was getting ready to ask you if I could jump in. Um, this kind of goes back to um, just expound on what Cindy was saying. Part of the concern that I have in this, and I think most people I don't know about most people, but the most of the people that I know about, since I have just a small pea-brain perspective of what everybody's thinking, but is that, see, the Sharia law, the the Islamic movement, jihadi business, is all about their prophecy and how their Bible dictates to them how they're supposed to go out. Number one, you have to conquer the world and, and conquer the infidel in order to usher in your opportunity to paradise. And that's why they want a World War III, and they have to provoke us to that World War III in order for them to get to that point where then the, they get to usher in their final imam and their Jesus that they talk about from their perspective is a different kind of Jesus than the Jesus that we speak about from the, our perspective. So they are trying to provoke us into this war because that's a part of their prophecy that you have to be going through this war in, you know, with the infidel and overcome them and conquer them in order to usher in the final imam that helps them get to paradise. Because without that, they die without an opportunity to go to paradise. And see, that's another part of the thing that most people don't talk about or think about when they talk about these issues, and that's why I'm kind of like, you know, on the same side as Cindy in this regards. We have to be very careful, and, you know, Putin and and uh, Iran, 
they've been sharing technology on weaponry and whatnot, and I wouldn't doubt that they're also in some indirect way with China providing, if not Iran directly providing technology and information to the North Korean people in order them for them to build the technology as a as another kind of trick to get uh, they're using North Korea as a mechanism to trigger another war with us so then they can get us weak where then they have a better opportunity to come in and take us over because anybody that doesn't believe in Sharia law and the Muslim Islamic faith there's a lot of different sectors the Shiite, the Sunni, the Wasafi and all these different but they all tend to follow in that same thing they might want to use North Korea well, what's that as a going on in the background there? I'm sorry. Someone hear that? You guys yeah, hear if that? If anybody's on the phone, would you do us a There you go. Just put, your phone in, just put your phone on mute, and then when you get to talk, all the rest of us will put our phone on mute, and there will be less background noise and a more opportunity for us to hear each other clearly. But that's the bigger. That's a big issue that people don't talk about. And I'm wondering if North Korea isn't being baited by Iran and Russia to go, or you know, some other group other than maybe just Iran by themselves baiting North Korea to get in a war with us to weaken us to the point that then they can ish, usher in their big war to, you know, get their paradise jihad thing working to a better extent than what they got now. That's why ISIS, they're not going to stop. They, they are like, hey, look, and there's two different factions. See, ISIS is using a lot of these people in America and, and in England and all these places as pawns. They sow this seed, this psychological seed to these young people, and these young people buy into that philosophy, and next thing you know, they're putting on bombs and vests and blowing themselves up. But the, they, the people that's manipulating it, they are happy to see these people blow themselves up because they probably figured they were infidels anyway because if you aren't towing the line 100% to their, you know, uh, praying every day and all the different fact issues, you know, the tenets of their faith, then you're an infidel even if you call yourself a, a Muslim. If you are having friendships with people that are not diehard Muslims, you're an infidel. Even if you call yourself, if you believe you're a Muslim, back to you. Well, you know, I, you know, I mean, and I understand your statements, you know, on how you know we could be falling into their hands by you know having these wars, but that's why I, you know, I started with the disclaimer that I'm not saying that we need a nuclear war, and I think that's what they actually want. I mean, I think they want a nuclear arm again because they think somehow they're. Thirteenth uh, Imam or whatever the hell he is, uh, you know, is going to rise up or something like that and rule the world. That's why I'm saying, you know, no, we, we, we don't go nuclear. We got plenty of conventional weaponry that can really take these take these people out. The thing is, is you know, you know, we got, you know, the heck with all these smart bombs and all these precision bombs and stuff like that. Say, look, tell the people we're going to wipe the, you know, if you don't do it. Just like we're going to carpet bomb, remember, then, you know, and here's what we do is we send them, you know, we send them, we, first we drop uh, CDs, you know, down so that they can watch them with some CD players and so they can watch videos of what carpet bombing looks like. And, you know, because a lot of these people, they probably they don't watch this. They probably don't even know. Say, so, hey, look, this is what your country can look like if you don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sorry for being hard nosed. It's like, look, this is what your country can look like. 
if you don't assist us. We'd rather you help us out and we work together. But if you're not going to work together with us, this is what your country can, can look like. Now, you've got a decision to make. Do you want your country to look like this? Do you want your people to be experiencing that? Or do you want to help us? Because, you know, unless we threat, I, I, I don't like the, the, the sound of threatening, but I don't. This whole changing hearts and minds is bullshit because it's not going to happen. We've been trying to change their hearts and minds for 2,000 years, and it hasn't happened. What makes them think that, you know, in the next four years that's going to happen? So it's like, look, you either do this. We're tired of dealing with these, these people, you know, and th- now you've got a timeline. You know, well, guys, well, you know, I, in my a, opinion, we've got plenty a, of conventional uh, weaponry to do it. As I said, I'd rather be spending the resources on space exploration. But, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm our, frankly getting tired of these people. Part, Maybe take them out once and for all. On our part, that's true, Robert. Nobody's saying that we need to use um, nuclear weapons. The problem is nuclear, hand, nuclear weapons are now in the hands of madmen who will use them. In any way that they need to, well, they would use them whether we attack them or not. Sorry, go ahead. Well, okay. That's why you you have to stop them from developing their nuclear programs any further. Um, The the missile that the two missiles that that Korea uh, shot off last week, um, or was it earlier this week? Anyway, those two missiles. could have reached places that nobody thought they could reach, okay? And they did not even send those missiles as far as they could have gone, okay? Now, here's what I'm not saying that, well, well, let me, let me backtrack real do, quick, Cindy. I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying their ballistic missiles can't travel that far. I'm saying that they're not going to hit us because our defenses will knock them out before they even got a chance to get here. Go ahead. Um. Maybe yes and maybe no. It depends on how many nuclear weapons they have and and how effective. Um, if you'll remember, when Israel was being attacked by all those scuds, their missile defense system worked, I think it was like 95% of the time. But if one nuclear missile gets in, uh, you know, that 5% uh, comes in and actually hits something, that's devastating. Now, here's what you, you here's the thing. Well, that's them. Yeah, they can North hit, Korea won't they, they get a better chance of hitting Israel. I'm talking about our the United States. Go ahead. Well, North Korea will not even have to use the missile um, at first. All they have to do is threaten people like Japan. You, um, if you don't let us, if you don't allow us to build a military base in uh, around Tokyo somewhere, or you know, maybe on the south of south of Japan, wherever they feel like it. If you don't allow us to build a military base there, uh, we're going to nuke you. Um, and then um, and they don't have the, the missile defense system that we have. Then you've got um, Papua New Guinea. Um, uh, Indonesia is the largest Muslim nation uh, of, of, um, of anything, anywhere right now. And you give a Muslim enough money, you will get a, you will be able to put your base there. Um, and and even if they um, did not uh, buy their way in, they could um, they could threaten their way in. And again, you can have a missile base in Indonesia and a missile base in um, uh, in uh, Japan, 
and then you can hit Alaska, you can hit uh, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, and then you go on from there. Once Pearl Harbor is, is gone, there's no defenses in Hawaii. They set up shop with a nuclear destroyer in front of uh, sitting off the coast of, of uh, Hawaii somewhere, and now you can hit California. So you see how it's like well, a stepping have, stone but, thing. But Cindy, they, have to, they, have, they have to get that uh, yeah, but they have to get that far. I mean, it's, for, for instance, well, let me use your first moment. scenario. Let me go. Let me go over the first. Let me go over your first scenario. So North Korea goes to Japan, one of our allies. You know, you allow us to. You know, you, you allow us to build this this base, which is stupid to allow allow them to do it uh, in the South China Sea or off the coast of you know whatever. Oh, we're going to nuke you. And then they say, hey, guys, hey, United States, uh, did you hear what they just said? And then, and now remember, the North Koreans are not like these, these coward Muslim people, right, these extremists. Mm. Okay. Well, then we go, okay, North Korea, you hit, okay, you hit Tokyo or you, or you hit Japan with a nuclear weapon, then we will wipe your entire country off the face of the planet. Then you will see, you as a country, you as a nation will cease to exist. We will wipe you out. And that you know, so what would they have to gain by nuking? They're not going to get their base if they nuke if they nuke Japan, because you know what they nuke Japan, they're not going to exist. We'll say, look, well, we'll put it, say, look, you do this, we will wipe you out, and we have the capability of wiping them out. And for, for someone to have a base near, you know, uh, you know, so that they can, you know, that's what our, you know, our satellite intelligence is going to be so so important. Is because you, you know we're in controlling States? space. All right, let me let me Can before you go on to the next real point. Quick. Well, go I, ahead, I John. want to point out something. I want to point out something that I think makes what you guys were just talking about kind of moot. Right now, North Korea has satellites that revolve around the Earth just like we do. They pass over the United States twice a day, and there I think it was. 2010 and 2014 or so, they were passing them right over the Super Bowl, and people were bringing up the issue that, hey, they plant an EMP bomb on one of these satellites and drop yep. it right over the – they go over America twice a day already. They don't have to use these ballistic missiles. They're using the ballistic missiles as a, as a detractor. Get us focused on that. They put it in a satellite that already revolves across our planet and over our heads already and just put an EMP bomb in there. It drops up and blows up, and then it just melts all of our – or not melts. It just makes all of our electronics and stuff totally useless. And then we die because you can't get water because the pumps don't work. You can't deal with sanitation because the pumps don't work. You don't have food because your food spoils in your refrigerator. I mean okay. – you know, and so in a sense, the the point is that you're making, Robert, is that, hey, at some point we have to have a preemptive strike to knock them out before they act a fool and do something to us. Because, like you said, it's been 2,000 years, you know, these um, certain groups are going to, they're never going to get along with us. Well, if they're using North Korea as a play toy in order to manipulate us, then maybe we need to do something. But we have to, the point I'm trying to make is that we have to be very careful and calculating not to cause them to strike first. Otherwise, we get it. 
Well, they're not. They're not well, the and only ones. What, and that's why. That. And that's why we need. And, well, and that's why we need to make it plain and clear. It's like, look, is and, and I don't even say you know. And, and this is we would even forego or, or be prior to any type of preemptive attack. My my thing is is like, look, and, and this is whereas the the North Koreans are different than the Muslims. They may not care, but if, if we, that's why I think the North Koreans aren't as much of a threat as let's say ISIS. Okay, because the, they're not nihilists. They're not like, hey, get, come here and kill me. You know, they they don't want to do that. They don't want that. So we say, look, you attack us, attack our allies, then we wipe you off the face of the planet. So here's the thing. They, they, there's, the North Korea does not have the capability that could totally immobilize the United States military. Impossible. They don't have that capability. Could they hurt us? Of right. course. Could they sting us? Of course. But we got to tell them, look, here's it. We sting like, like a bee. Think, I think of North Korea like a bee. A bee can sting you, and it will hurt, okay? And it can hurt badly, especially if you're allergic to it, but it will hurt. But you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm thinking of a mallet. Say, okay, you're the bee. I'm a mallet. You sting me. I'm going to hit you with the mallet, and I'm going to crush you. So it's in your best interest not to sting me because you may hurt me, but then you're dead. You're gone. You sting me. Yeah, you're going to hurt me, and you can say, ha, ha, we hurt the United States, but then you no longer exist. We will wipe you out. The North Koreans don't want to get wiped out. They don't care. They don't have no – uh, they don't have no religious ideology thinking, hey, man, you know, ha, huh, we hurt the United States, and now we're not going to exist. They're not going to want to do that. And, and, how, and, and how would you be able to convince them to do that? That would be utter stupidity could, on their part. How could you slam the B if the EMT, they drop, knocks out all your military because the electronics oh, it's not going to – they do not have that capability, John. There's yeah, no way they can knock out our entire – they cannot knock okay. out our entire. They cannot knock out our entire military. There is no. For, for one, our entire military does not. Our military, and you know, John, our military is all across this planet. It's all across the planet. We have bases all around the world. If they knock out a, a Super Bowl with an EMT, right, and it knocks out some power grids here in the United States. Which are not going to be able to knock out the entire. One is they're not going to be able to knock out the entire, you know, grid in the United States. They're not going to be able to do that. And let's say they do. Let's say they knock out all the electricity in the United States. We're going okay. Our bases in other countries where we have ships, we have planes, we have bases. They're going to know that happened, and we can launch attacks from those bases that can go at that can wipe them out. So it's not, I mean, even if I mean they would have attack, they would have to attack the United States all across the globe in order to wipe us out. Yeah, they don't have that capability. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, Robert, um, if if they work in concession with other peoples, uh, with other um, nations, if if China decided to move against us, uh, if if Russia and China and North Korea got together on it. Um, we wouldn't survive. Well, then it. it's back. Well, that, well, then it's then it's back. Then it's back to mutually assured destruction. That, that that that's what it comes down to. Then it's back to that. Say, fine, you destroy us, we destroy you, and everybody loses. It's all about the same thing. With, same thing with the Cold War. You, you, I mean, we would have to get nuclear. They would force our hand to get nuclear. 
That's why I'm never, and, and, and I hate nuclear weapons, but that's why I'm never in favor of any kind of nuclear arms deal because oh, no one else is really going to abide by them. Why lessen our amount when, when they're not going to do theirs? Because who, who could trust them? You know, right? And that and it, comes, it comes back to that. Fine, mutually don't destroy. You know, if you get all these other countries to attack us, fine. We we you forced our hand. Now we have to go nuclear. So now we have to destroy everybody. And who wins? The Muslims who think that now everyone's going to be whatever. Because <laughs> you know, so I mean, it, it depends. It, it, it all it, depends again, on who's in the presidency at the time. It depends on who's in the presidency at the time. Depends on who's president when it happens. Do you think Obama would have retaliated with nuclear weapons? Well, he, uh, he'd have to. If everybody was doing no. that, he'd have to. Well, shoot, the no, American people would. would oh, the American people would come out, come after him. Or, or our military itself might say, "F you, Mr. President. You know what? We're being attacked from all sides. We're going to do something. If you're not going to do it, we're going to." The president's only one man. And there's only going to be so many people who are going to say, you know what, I'm not listening to this buffoon anymore. And, it, and, and the people who did, it would be the constitutional right to do it. If we're under mass attack by the Russians, by the, by the Chinese, by Iran all at once, the president says we're not going to retaliate by cutting, not, but not doing nuclear weapons, you know what, I could see the military flipping their collective finger up to them and say, look, guess what, pal, we're going to do it. I'm sure you know that you know they've got contingency. I'm sure they got contingency plans to say, "Look, f you." Because seriously, think about it. What if the president becomes incapacitated, okay, and can no longer service his duty because of uh, for whatever reason? You don't think there's somebody else who has codes to the football? Of course they do. Someone else besides the president can launch. You give the okay to launch nuclear weapons. There's there's got to be a redundancy just in case he's incapacitated or something else. Someone else has the capability of doing it. And if we're getting attacked um, by all these people, I cannot see our military sitting on their thumbs because the president isn't going to give the okay, the okay to attack. I, I really don't. I really don't logically see that. That them saying, "Oh well, you know, president said we can't attack. We're not going to." Really, we're getting attacked by everybody. We, we would well, have just to remember, for Robert, our, for our survivors. You don't. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm done. Go ahead. Just remember that we don't necessarily know. Um, who, who in our government can be trusted or who in their government can be trusted. We don't know um, what their capabilities really are. The only capabilities we know about are the ones that our government decides to tell us about. And to tell you the truth, I think they're lying through their teeth, and there's a whole lot more out there um, than we know about. For instance, Korea, when they launched those missiles, Nobody was told that they had that capability, none of us. But our government did. Our government knew it. Our military knew it. And yet that we were not told about that. So it really doesn't matter what we think they can do. They, they can do a whole lot more than what we, can, we think they can do. And, and when, you, when you look at the... the what the Israel, what Israel did um, in '67 for the Seven Day War, they knew those tanks were coming. They were accumulating on the borders. They knew they were coming. What they do? A preemptive strike. Okay, a, a, a 
preemptive strike to end all preemptive strikes, by the way. And that's the reason it only took them ten day, uh, seven days to win, because they they had a capability and they went after them and they, they, they um, caught them by surprise. If we don't have a president in office that is willing to take that preemptive strike, there is going to be carnage um, if, if someone unleashes a nuclear, especially if a team of people, uh, an axis, get together and come and unleash against us a nuclear arsenal, we will have very little ability to, um, I mean, there is going to be carnage, period. And, uh, and, the, and, and you I, may and say, say, okay, you may say, okay well, that doesn't mean, okay, you may say, well, that doesn't mean that we can't strike back. That doesn't mean that we're going to be totally annihilated. That's really not the issue here. The issue is people by the millions can die. And we have to stop that from happening. We have to stop North Korea from doing it, and we have to stop um, Iran from doing it. And the only way to be assured that we don't have a city annihilated is to go, to go after them now. Kelly, you're well, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. Go ahead, Kelly. Let me throw this out. Um, Okay, Obama, I don't know what was up with him. He's passed. Okay, now we got Trump, and obviously with Syria, the preemptive strike. So obviously the walk softly and carry a big stick. Well, he used a big stick with those 59 missiles. Some say it should have been 72. But anyway, um, so he showed himself. I don't have any issues with Trump doing a preemptive as long as he's got really good factual evidence and somebody doesn't fool them that's a false flag so that's some good news there and other nations see right away from the Syria thing don't mess with the US at the same time you know uh, Teddy Roosevelt walk softly carry a big stick um, some historians say that it was walk softly and carry a big sticky gooey chocolate fudge sundae up the stairs alright anyway um, <laughs> but the, the Walk softly is a really powerful thing when we look at these nuclear situations because Reagan was doing the SALT treaties. You remember all those meetings and this meetings? And mm-hmm. although they accomplished as much as, as people would have wanted on paper, but something magic happened in that because we're talking. We're talking with the Russians. They're talking with us. We go over there. They come over here. Da, 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 da. We have these meetings, meetings, talk, 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 talk. They go back to their people who talk to their people, and pretty soon... The fear is subsiding quite a bit. So um, Trump and, and Putin, although they're not like allies in crime, um, they do have a mutual goal of allies against um, the, the radical jihad. So like Trump, you know, like Reagan, getting the talks going, keeping the door open, keep talking. You know, I don't think Russia's going to be a problem. Now, if we can open the same door to China, which, by the way, uh, news announcement, Terry... Branstead, the governor of Iowa, has stepped down as the governor of Iowa because he's going to be the ambassador to China and work with them uh, on agriculture. And I just heard this from my mother today. Um, he's going to um, allow the – China, it looks like, is going to allow the exporting of beef. There was a boycott for a while because of the mad cow disease, um, which I wonder sometimes if there's mad politician disease. But 
Anyway, so uh, Branson. <laughs> well, good thing we don't eat them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? It, yeah. Anyway, but um, so you know, Brand said he was just an Iowa farm boy, and next thing you know, he's governor for like twenty some years. Now he's going to China to represent his country, and I think there's going to be some really peaceful things that happen there with China. Um, who knows? Maybe like Professor Borland at Iowa State that went to Chile and Argentina and taught him how to grow soybeans and corn. There could be a lot of peace from this because China China's got a, you know, a lot of a lot of people obviously, but there's a lot of them are poor and starving. So you know maybe there's going to be some really good things happening there in, in this side of peace and communication that we may not have the problems that we are concerned with. Now when you combine both of them, okay, and I'm sure there's ambassadors to North Korea, when you combine both of these where don't touch us, we will annihilate you with, hey, let's talk. Brilliant. Teddy Roosevelt walks off with the Curie Big Six. So um, we might have not much of a problem with Korea, whether they have all this technology or not, probably do. But, you know, talking and communicating and um, you know, then there's sanctions, which are causing the people to starve, which could cause a revolt in, in North Korea. And, of course, they, you know, Kim Jong-un could be replaced. Somebody better, somebody worse, don't know. So I, I'm, I'm, I know North Korea is flexing their muscle. Another LA Marine told me about this is that um, North Korea is being a proxy, if you will, a proxy for the testing of long-range nuclear missiles and other technical um, a proxy for China and um, Iran. Well, that's interesting. So they're a very poor country. They're going to get hit with sanctions, but who's going to who's going to feed them and, and give them money? Oh, that's right, China and Iran. Well, except for the coal shipments from China stopped to North Korea. That was a big move by Trump. You know, oh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Chinese President, uh, wait about an hour, comes back in. Oh, we just. Uh, so much cruise missiles on uh, Syria. Now, what do you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> walks off to carry a big stick. Um, so as long as the conversations are going, that's probably getting concerned as well about North Korea. What about Russia? I'm sure they're getting concerned too. The jihadists in Iran, they don't care because of their mentality. So they're, you know, are we going to have years of peace? I hope so. Um do we have satellite technologies that can knock out their missiles before they reach our shores? Probably. Uh, do we have other anti-missile missiles? And, of course, then there's anti-missile missiles. Missiles, and then there's anti-missile missile missiles. Okay, I'm being silly again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no. You know, I mean, you know, with Dartless engineers, we're, we're pretty sharp, and uh, that's why we can't get a date, but that's another story. Um <laughs> You know, since we don't have a date or love life, we have all this time to work on these anti-missile missiles and, and such. But um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity from peace. Now you go to the jihad side of things. But hey, that is not because of their mentality. Obviously, Kim Jong-un is not a Muslim. Um, but the, the Muslims are kind of a, a, an incredible wild card. And most likely before they attack us, they're going to uh, do something really bad in Israel or against Israel or try to, you know, another war. And by the way, it would be the fulfillment of biblical prophecy if you ever want to look into that, Robert. Um, when they do attack and they're going to get creamed again. And so it's, it's a real interesting um, 
tumultuous time. Um, but you know, I, I'm really thankful for the liberals who have must they must be feeling enormous amount of guilt that all of a sudden they have to be so loving and loving and and somehow after what uh, 700 BC when the Muslim Crusades and over centuries they conquered like five times more land than the Romans and basically murdered, raped, plundered, uh, slavery, uh, took slaves from Africa, castrated them. That's why there's not uh, black folk in the uh, Middle East. Um, you know, these terrible, nasty people. They, you know, I'm just really thankful for the Muslims that over all these centuries and in just a few years, our liberals are going to get them to change. Yes, um, I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe sitting around in a park in a circle, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. I don't know how, but it, it, it's amazing that they're going to change these Muslim mentalities. But the reality is we <laughs> – yes, of course, I'm just again, yeah. but um, maybe it's out of their guilt complex. Oh, except for when it comes to Christians, you know, and they're not very tolerant of us Christians. But um, but when you go to – you look at the um, uh, the Muslim wild card and you look at, at the tumultuous times, um, there are – another Marine told me that Trump is sending uh, uh, SEAL teams all over the world and taking out, taking out major leaders of radical Islam. And, of course, that's going to cause some retaliation. And, of course, you're going to raise up martyrs. I don't know if that's a good idea. And Ron Paul said we're killing more enemies and we are making more enemies than we can kill. The problem, we cannot wipe out the Islamic faith because it's like a virus. You just can't kill a virus. I mean, okay, yeah, you can maybe overcome it in your own body, but when there's there's only one thing more stronger that more replicates more than a virus. It's a, it's an idea, and I mean, the thought of seventy-two virgins in heaven is a pretty motivating. I don't know why one man would even try to please seventy-two virgins, but um, you know. Well, think about um, it. There's probably a reason why they're still virgins too. So, <laughs> well, or they could, you know, it could be. Uh, he shows up and half of them are male. I'm like, uh, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> but anyway, that was not in the brochure. All right, but it's really hard to kill a virus, and I I would be under the policy of containment, which um, is a fascinating thing. And I, by the way, I have I watched a five dollar video from Walmart about Luther, and fifteen oh five to fifteen thirty, and he did his Wittenberg posting, the famous thing that. Um, started the whole Reformation, and all of a sudden priests and nuns are getting married. And anyway, but there was an interesting thing that happened because there was division uh, because of the well, even basically uh, the, the king of Germany at the time basically said, uh, under the influence of the Catholic Church, yeah, basically you can capture him and kill him. Luther's evil, and, but yet he had too many strong supporters. And then all of a sudden you got the Muslims invading again, again, in like 1530. And you have the Catholics and now this new sect. Um, and you had in Germany at the time, you had these little princes all over that owned certain jurisdictions and, you know, like counties or states, if you will. It was kind of like city-states. But enough of the Luther fall, the king said to these, these I don't know about eight, ten men who control a lot of the land, the king needed them for a war to repel the Muslims. And the king's telling them, hey, uh, you need to denounce what you're doing and, and join back in the Catholic Church. And these kings, or these princes say, you know what, you cannot, 
you cannot command my conscience. We are there with you politically. Let's put our differences aside and repel all the Muslims. And they did. It's fascinating. Because um, there was an internal war between the Catholics and the Protestants. And all of a sudden they got together and said, let's put our differences uh, apart and let's get together and fight. And it was a strange, unique history because without the Muslims coming in and being a, a fester in the side, uh, the Lutheran or the Protestant movement what may have actually um, ended. It's a fascinating study of history, how these strange things happen. But, you know, oh, that's right, 1530, oh, yeah, you go back to what's this? Seventh or eighth century, when Muhammad went on his like sixty-nine raids. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't make it to seventy-two though, so I don't know where he is now. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I just whoa, this is interesting. This is, uh, and yes, we are vulnerable to EMPs. We only have like four power grids in this country: the eastern, I think, the Midwest, and the West Coast, um, and. If if something gets taken out, we'll have rolling blackouts. Texas, anybody from Texas, Texas has their own power grid deliberately so they wouldn't be dependent upon other systems. It's a very unique, amazing thing. So maybe Texas might be the safest place in case you know that the war starts happening. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're in tumultuous times. I don't think that the China, North Korea, or Russia are a concern um, in the, this this radical jihad is a serious problem. Oh, by the way, Manchester, England. You know, um, mm-hmm. they're th- this... Uh, some men, okay, it starts out at, no, no, it's not Muslims, it's just some people you know, killing and hurting people and raping people and that. No, it's just, sure enough, it was discovered, yeah, uh-huh, they're Muslims. Yeah, mm-hmm, they're radicals. Yep. And we let them in. It's stunning how the news keeps depressing that little Muslim element, radical jihad element. It's stunning. And when is the world going to wake up to this? And a lot of this funding comes from Saudi Arabia. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so many factors in this, but I think with the Western thinking types being, you know, Russia, well, China isn't quite Western thinking, but um, Russia's had some Western thinking. We, you know, Western thinking is more. Um, religious-based, if you will. It's kind of Western thinking and the culture from Europe. As long as we keep talking with, with with our Western allies and even somewhat who we consider a threat, I don't think they're going to be a big problem. And it might be so that the Russians really do line up with us and, and somehow try to wipe out um, jihad. But it's going to be an interesting ride, folks. And with that, unfortunately, uh, we've we've gotten ourselves uh, to the point where it's, it's it's time to close things out. So literally, each person's got about um, well, not even quite a minute for closing uh, comments. Unfortunately, uh, so about literally about thirty seconds. So, Kel, uh, if you wanted to get your thirty seconds, then then John, and then you, Cindy, uh, and then I'll have to close things out. So literally, I mean, real, real short closing comments tonight. Wow, that last hour just flew by. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over. Uh, I'm sorry, it's, back. it's still to you, Kelly, for 30 seconds, and then uh, we'll go to John and then Cindy. Go ahead. Well, I guess we've covered a lot of topics, 30 seconds. Let's see. I'm just glad to uh, be discussing with people who are wide awake. We need more Americans to be wide awake. I don't have time to tell you the freak news in California, but maybe next time. Um, but, yeah, as long <laughs> as we keep 
working together, informing each other. Um, I wish Nas was here, um, you know, sharp minds. He, he actually did come in. He just didn't chime in. Oh, okay. He was here short. Yeah, he was here for a short period of time, but he he, he didn't uh, push the one on the number dial. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just glad that we can learn from each other and, and keep each other uh, encouraged to keep at it. I yield. I appreciate it, Kelly. Uh, go ahead, uh, John. Yeah, I just want to echo the same thing. It's great when different people can bring different perspectives to this whole the, all these different issues because it's through this deliberating process that we all continue to grow and make each other see things from other perspectives and then we can come to a better well-informed decision as to how to move forward as a, as a group that can get along as opposed to trying to knife each other. So everybody, tell all your friends and family, call in and get in touch with Bard's Logic Political Talk next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Back to you. Thanks. Thanks, John. Go ahead, Cindy. Wanted to quickly mention um uh Kelly had mentioned about the there is prophecy in the Bible that says this is all gonna come down anyway. Somehow or another a United States will be impotent impotent uh in the in its ability to help Israel. It's not going to happen. According to the Bible, the, her neighbors will come against her from all sides. And, you know, as we know, it is the Muslim religion controls all of northern Africa, except for maybe Mauritania and um, western Sumatra, maybe, and then some other, you know, coastal um, countries. Um, <clears throat> Boko Haram is swiftly trying to stop that. But anyway... Um, then, you know, of course, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia and, and um, Iran, Iraq, Syria above them, Turkey above them, who just became more of a threat recently. And then you have Russia above that, who is aligned with Iran. And so eventually um, they are all going to come against Israel, and Israel will not have the United States to help her. However, her rescuer does come and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what I'm looking forward to. And so I just don't want anybody to think that I'm over here pining because of our difficulties because I know who's in control. And with okay. that, I have to close things out. Uh, you know, well, I don't even have time to go what my point is, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> as we know, it's a different take, but that's okay. But anyway, I will close out tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Thanks again, folks. It was great to hear from everyone, and we will, as John said, see you next week. Take care and good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.